Can you hear me? Can you hear me? There we go. What's up, everybody? This is Carrick with ACG, and welcome to International Podcast number 5,456. You'll notice that uh, I'm by myself, man. What happened was Johnny had a bunch of stuff to do, and Reg didn't really have a lot bouncing around in his mind. He was sort of, uh, you know, it's that downtime, a little bit of gaming time for him. And then Silver's been feeling sick for the last couple days. So we're sitting in there. I was talking about it, and I was like, you know what? I want to cover a bunch of stuff. Don't want to get interrupted by it, especially some of the stuff about NFTs or whatever, or just games this year and how everybody reacted to them. So I figured, let's just do it by myself. I'll try to hold everybody together and make sure that we can all um, sort of in enjoy ourselves when it comes to gaming discussion. And I do want to first say, though, 2021, man, I'm leaving 2021 in a better uh, position for the channel than I think I've ever been. It's pretty crazy because I didn't know, especially with 20, 2022 or 21 rolling around, not knowing if I should, you know, just step away from all of the side podcasts to do the international, not do the international. It's a difficult sort of place for me to be and decide exactly what I want to do. And, you know, I got to admit, man, like I didn't really feel the effect until maybe a week or two in and I started going like, oh, you know, my brain's working a little bit better. And then about three weeks in, I was like, mm, this might have been a good decision. And by the time I got done and we roll into 2022, I got to say that was the best decision of my goddamn life. Like it, it's so enjoyable to have the podcast and do the videos that I want to do and not get caught up in a lot of the stuff. And I want to say thanks to everybody here because you guys are pretty much um, the only ones who let this stuff happen. I think overall we're one of the biggest patrons when it comes to patrons when it comes to like gaming. You know, you got Jim Sterling, who of course is the uh, the monolith out there. But you, you guys have been long term, and to give you an example, six months, seven or six years, almost seven years for some people, or almost maybe it's five, almost six. But just some long term people in this Discord, and it's been solid forever. Some people say growth when it comes to things isn't necessarily. Uh, it's what you want. You don't want to be sort of flatlined. That is true, but I got to say for Patreon, I feel a little bit better about that because I haven't really pushed it other than in here or at a podcast, just say, hey, here you go. I don't go do separate videos very often. I used to in the past and it's worked out. I want to say sorry to everybody for the thumbnail being fucked up. So let's just begin this goddamn thing. So 2021, we're rolling out of this. I would love to know what you guys think of 2021 how it worked out for you, what you guys think of it. You know, there's a lot of negativity coming out of 2021. There's a lot of positivity as well. But I think that overall, there's almost this cautious envelope, this parachute, where we're all just sort of trying to figure out where to land when it comes into 2022. And everything that you're landing on looks like a battlefield. It looks like a d destruction. We come out of 2021 with issues with battlefield, with issues with COD, which some people may say, oh, those are expected. I would tell you that I believe that that's not necessarily true, that that a lot of people expect those to be sort of the tried and true, your best friend likes them, but you don't games. But dude, I'm talking to my best friend. He doesn't like them. Like nobody's liking those. So you get these kind of serious issues there. And it's difficult to understand exactly what we got out of 2021. So one of the things I'm going to try to do in this podcast is describe some of the stuff I got out of 2021, some of the things that we learned, and then into 2022, sort of where we go from there. I see a lot of people who said um, they're they're coming into the patron. I definitely appreciate it. I see somebody here who, for some reason, doesn't like patron and said that they'll make my life worse because they don't like patron. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't celebrate New Year's Eve. Well, guess what? It's happening anyway. 
New Year's Eve don't give a fuck if you celebrate it. New Year's Eve comes around regardless of you celebrating it. So it'll be here, and then tomorrow you'll just be in a new year, and you won't have to worry about it. I'm just reading some of these. Uh, let's see. The overwhelming part of Russia is not in Europe. Now we've got a geography lesson in our Discord. That's how it sort of goes. Alexa, turn off. If you guys heard some nice background sort of elevator music, that was my Alexa still running, and I forgot it was on. So one of the things I definitely want to talk about is what out, coming out of 2021, some of the things that we learned when it comes to the back end of companies and how they run things. And I know a lot of people were sitting there and they were like, oh, you know, Activision's this, uh, EA's this, they, they have these horrible things. They're the only ones who do horrible stuff. Small devs, large dev, medium devs, they all have people working in them. And one of the things, uh, just like even in this podcast, you, you get four people in and you agree on some things in life and you disagree on others. And that's the way it should be. But nobody should be the creepiness that we've heard from these companies. And I think one of the things that we did learn in 2021, especially as we got out, is that most of the stories or most of the assumptions we may have had of the weird shit that was going on in companies is pretty true, right? And that makes sense because you get over 500 people in a company, some weird shit can happen. Like so you get 500 people together, somebody there is going to have an idea that involves gerbils and a good time. So there's always something odd. But when we came out of this, when I look back and I look at Activision, I look at EA and I look at some of the stuff that we see, I got to tell you this, despite all of that stuff, do you know what I see, guys? I see some really good games. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I just come out of this and uh, I know a lot of people, like, for example, want me to do news videos. Those are easy to get views on. They're easy to do. But I, I want to sort of talk about them in, in a deeper fashion, which is why we do them in the podcast. But when you look at things like how companies do stuff, what games we got, regardless of any NFTs, which I'm going to talk about, regardless of the other stuff, we came out of this game with it or this year with It Takes Two. We came out with Hitman 3. We came out with uh, Disco Elysium coming to the Switch. We came out with a ton of really good games, a ton of enjoyable games. And when you look back at all these terrible things, you can say, mm, you know, I'm not going to celebrate 2021. And I've seen a couple people saying that. And I got to say, I personally feel that you're wrong. I feel that when you come out of 2021, you can look back at it and say, despite those things, we succeeded in multiple ways. Despite those things, we ended up coming out of this with some tremendous games anyway. And that's one of the things is art will prosper. It will prosper regardless. It prospers at the worst times of war. It prospers uh, in video games, which I don't want to equate to wars. I want to make sure nobody thinks I'm doing that. So it uh, it's exciting to me, man. 2021 had some great games, exciting games. It's been difficult. I still haven't done a game of the year because it's actually been that difficult to figure them out, figure out which ones I want to do. So um, I'm with Angry Joe and saying Blizzard is no longer a company, Cameron says. Um, Angry Joe is completely wrong. Blizzard is a company. You can make up words and pretend that something exists, but it is for sure a company. And that brings us perfectly into the next bit I wanted to talk about before we jump into games. That's that's perfect. And I got to say this. This is something I saw in my Discord and I brought up. So if, you're, if you've been here for a while, I'm going to do this pretty shortly. Hate with accuracy. And the reason why I bring this up is because if you don't hate with accuracy, the moment somebody who knows what they're talking about is going to destroy you and make an argument that you may have had 
or an argument that you may have liked or an argument that actually had some substantial detail and they're going to destroy you with it. It's a little bit like the boy who cried wolf. You have to hate with accuracy. And we saw some people coming in the Discord a couple days ago and they were talking about some different stuff and, and it was inaccurate stuff. And I was getting on people saying, listen, like I don't disagree with whatever complaints you may have, but you have to hate with accuracy. You have to hate with statistics. You have to hate with real things because passion is the shortest line in a discussion. Passion is easily destroyed when you're starting to talk about the future of things and when you're you're talking about companies. And I see it a lot of times, man. I see people who they hate with inaccuracy. They hate because they're just like, oh, I'm going to say this. And then somebody destroys them and what might've been a real complaint on their side falls apart. And we saw this with Tencent and Epic. Uh, we see it with uh, Bitcoin and NFTs. And the reason why I'm always lining up and saying, hey man, that like you gotta hate with accuracy. You have to have your stats right. You gotta have this right. You gotta have that right. If you, if you have those things, then my personal belief is your passion for whatever you're arguing with will actually be higher. My passion is higher when I feel, and this is something taught in debate class where Confidence is led by stats, true stats. This is one of the reasons why Digital Foundry is popular because stats allow for a person who hates another console to pretend like their console's better because Digital Foundry zoomed in on a picture 4,000 times and some dude said that the anti-aliasing was slightly off. That there's a reason why we're starting to see those explosions of arguments because factual data about games is starting to get out. Not just like, hey, I don't like Zelda because it looks goofy. There's not a lot supporting you there. But when you can say, hey, blah, 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 this is the way it is. If you look here, there's a pixel out of place. It, it makes a person feel better when they have those stats, when they have those abilities to discuss those things. So I just wanted to point it out. If you have an issue with uh, discussion that you see in your place and you want to jump into it, jump in with facts, jump in with stats, start looking it up um, and always verify your facts. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you think uh u.s mirror or u.s what is it uk mirror or some place like that is some kind of you know popular place to get good research you're wrong uh let's see i alex johnson says i have a ton of games i just don't have time to play them i work long hours and have three almost four kids so it's like a kid just dangling around just dangling out of your wife just she's waddling around when are you gonna have your kid digital foundry does excellent work i like john a lot i like john a lot He's definitely one of my favorite people. Um, we will be in 22, and I'm very hopeful for it. That's very cool. We are almost spoiled in gaming and TV and such. We have so much entertainment, it's impossible to have time for it all, Wolfen says. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But anyway, I just wanted you guys to know that. If you're going to do this kind of stuff, hate with a bit of accuracy, because we start to see these things sort of falling apart. Now, let's talk about games as a whole. What were your favorite games of 2021? Is there any game out there that you were absolutely just, you could not stop playing? Ryan Hicks says, how was your Christmas? It was awesome. $5 super chat. Was going to say nice crib, but then I realized it's a green screen. Take that $5 to help get that sweet crib. <laughs> Thank you very much. It would be a sweet crib. Can you imagine that? Can you, if that shit looked like that, man, that would be amazing. Here's the thing, guys. No sponsorships, no nothing. I ain't making a lot of money. So you see other people being like, I'm buying a house because I'm a YouTuber, blah, blah, blah. It ain't happening here. I'm barely paying off a house. Um, Psychonauts 2, Subverse. I don't know what that is. The Ascent. Necro says Final Fantasy 14, probably. Yeah, end, end, end whatever. That thing did really well. What is it called? Endwalker. 
Doing a Bioshock franchise replay. Back to Witcher 3, Psychonauts 2, The Longest Journey 2. Even with its issues, Halo Infinite campaign, non-stop four days, this person says. Best games I've played this year were Super Auto Pets. That sounds like, was that in the adult section of Steam? Super Auto Erotica Pets. And Rogue Tale. I couldn't stop uh, playing 13 Sentinels. I don't know what that is. Cheers for the Guardians of the Galaxy remake. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Tales of Arise. Division 2. It's taken all my time. Snowrunner. Valheim. Ready or not. Guardians of the Galaxy again. So Guardians of the Galaxy is doing quite well. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of those games where I think as you play it, you're just continually surprised. Thank you for the super chats. One of the things I always say is when we left Twitter we or we left Twitch, you know, you lose subs, you lose all that kind of stuff. And super chats are what help us, um, you know, run the channel, especially because reviews don't make shit for money now. Uh, let's see. Dominic says, isn't it incredibly variable? The same game on the same console could have a bug or graphic glitch one time and not another. So isn't it useless for comparison's sake? Uh, but useful for just info. So I think he's talking about what I was talking about with like people zooming in. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's useful or useless. It's the fact that it's there. And so people at least have one step above when it comes to, hey, I've got a picture of this thing. But I would agree with you that when you start to argue it too much, then it can look a little odd. In the end, you shouldn't really argue those kind of things anyway. I mean, unless like if a game's got 30 FPS on one system and 12 on another, yeah, we're going to be talking about it. Cody Roberts, hi, ACG. Been following your channel for years. Thanks for all the hard work. You bet. You bet. It's going to be a blast this year, guys. It's going to be a blast. I'm actually, it's going to be enjoyable, man. We'll have to see how it goes, but I've been really excited about some of the stuff that I've got planned, and it's all me now. You know, I do have an editor for a little bit of time, but it's it's just all been me, and uh, it takes a little longer, but it's been high and highly enjoyable. Jared Knight says, really enjoy your reviews. Haven't played any games released this year, but recently finished Control. Very good game. Very good game. I was really looking forward to the GTA Trilogy. Whew. Yeah, G G wow. Yeah. GTA Trilogy came and went. It came early. <laughs> if you get my drift. I'm really enjoying Cyberpunk at the moment. Glad I bought it on sale. Just picked up Hitman 3. I enjoyed Death's Door. I'm so hyped for Elden Rings. Any plans on collabs with other reviewers? No, I don't do... I mean, that would be weird. I, I think I've done one, like, we both agree on this game, but collabs, that doesn't really make a lot of sense for reviews. Collabs on, like, a random video, maybe. But you know what? I got so many people in the Discord that are talented. It's one of the things I was telling people was I have so many people in our Discord that are talented that I can sort of trust to be non-sponsored or trust that what... So I don't have to worry about them releasing a video in six months that makes me look a jack, like a jackass because I had them on my video, uh, on my video, which has happened in the past. So lately, what I've been thinking about is grabbing people from the Discord and coming together and just being like, here's what it is. In fact, I have a bunch of patron-only stuff now coming out where it's like, here's the patron-only stuff. This is going to go to the patrons... And it's sort of the Discord, the patrons merging together like some kind of uh, gigantic battle Tyrannosaurus Rex robot. Let's see. GTA Trilogy. People didn't like. What games are you looking forward to? Yeah, let's go to that. What games are you looking forward to? So in here's why I want to talk about February a little bit. I heard today that a big game in February is for sure being delayed. Now, you guys know me. One of the things I hated, especially when I was on multiple podcasts, I would... 
I would quietly fart in the wind and somebody would post it on Reddit leaks and rumors. And I would have to go to Reddit leaks and rumors and I'd have to type in, guys, this is me. I'm just saying this is what I heard, blah, blah, blah. And, I would, and, and luckily enough, they were awesome in there. Everybody in there was like, oh, we get it. Thank you for coming in because no one else responds to us. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want that kind of stuff indicating that this is a for sure or this is not a for sure, what have you. So it's been great working with those guys. In fact, all of them were awesome. Like anytime, you know, sometimes somebody would be like, Carrick doesn't know nothing because he disliked Death Stranding, which, hey, I'll, you know, all power to him. But when it comes to those kind of rumors and stuff, usually I won't spout off anything unless I hear about it. And uh, I don't want to be posted in some fucking Reddit. So... That all of this combined, I think, sort of closes me off and allows me to do stuff with our Discord and with our patron and not worry so much about being on a, a fucking podcast with like 15 reviewers or anything. Um, it's got to be Horizon. Does it have to be Horizon? Microbeats, 199 Super Chat. But listen to this. Bigger Super Chat. Got to read this. Uh, mile Wide. That could be a personal problem or the best situation to have. Mile Wide. S-E-K-500. I can't remember how much that is. Super chat. Thank you very much. I absolutely appreciate it. Thanks for the cool little uh, cool little sticker, too. So another thing I want to talk about is misuse of words, we, uh, especially in our Discord. We talk about it, but I want to talk about it in reviews. One of the things that you guys see from me sometimes is, uh, you know, I'll sort of use very particular language to describe something. And, for example, one of the things that we see a lot now is dangerous Um Danger to me is like being a 12-year-old getting on an inner tube that has no ability to steer it and going down a 90-degree fucking hill. That's dangerous. To me, dangerous isn't, you know, putting a microtransaction skin in there. NFTs, on the other hand, I do find more inherently dangerous because they feed into multiple situations that are going on in gaming. And that's one thing you'll see from me this year is, um, is some... I'm not going to complain about people's wording and stuff, but in the podcast and in reviews, you're going to notice there's the, I'm going to definitely make sure that I'm, I'm accurate on some things because I'm a big believer, man. in that you point out a real thing, even if it's sort of lesser for you emotionally than if you point out a false thing and a language is fucked, man. Lately language can mean anything. You know, you can say something, you can talk about something and you can use a certain word and boom, it comes up. And everybody thinks it's another thing because the slang has changed. Now everybody's saying Horizon. We'll have to see. So moving on from there, let's talk a little bit about 2022 February. So guys, it's insane. I was looking up 2022 February, and I don't know if you guys saw the thumbnail. If it's the right thumbnail, YouTube fucked up again and said we were doing a Christmas podcast, whatever. There are so many games that technically, I've looked back at multiple years, we are getting more games in February 2022 than we have gotten. And I consider these big blockbusters, make sure that we're on the same on the same plane here. We're getting more big blockbusters in February of 2022 than we have gotten at times in two full years. Now, I did take two somewhat weak years to get to this point, but it doesn't matter. Two years. And one of my issues that I've talked about and that is on maybe the test pod, podcast thumbnail is, you know, is art going to catch up to the tech? We're starting to get the tech, but, you know, like there's some things I want to see art-wise. Uh, Concrete uh, Genie was very cool on the PSVR. Are we going to see stuff like that as we move in? That's going to be cool. But guys, it doesn't matter, man. You look at February. Elden Ring, Dying Light, you just, well, 
there's Dying Light earlier. I can't remember. You just get all of these games in one month, and they're blockbuster-style games. You get the smaller games that are also coming out in February. It's ridiculous, man. You have Sifu that moved up. It de-delayed into February earlier. It's it's going to be amazing, man. It's going to be one of those times, you know, I, I actually am trying to work out how I'm going to cover as many games as I can cover. Um, impressions videos from me don't do well at all. But I started to think especially lately with the discord with the patrons and with just my unit of fans sorry my dog is tearing up my bed trying to make a bed i'm assuming hey freak what are you doing <laughs> anyway um that i i'm gonna have a difficult time covering these and so i'm trying to figure out some ways to cover them i may just do shorter videos for some of these and be like you know Maybe I'll do the shorter videos on the ones that suck or have really bad bug issues so I can warn people. And then if you don't see me do videos on the others, freak it, quit it. I can hear him. He's just like digging, you know, when dogs will mess around in the, in, in like their covers to try to get the bed perfect. But the idea here is to make sure that everybody gets as much data as possible. And it's, it's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. I think that when you look at all of the titles in February, though, one of the things I realized is that a lot of these aren't delayed. It, they're delayed, but I believe when I looked back at the dates and I looked from when they got delayed to now, th I, it puts a ton of confidence in me. There, some of these have been delayed to the point to where, well, I can give you an example. I have codes for a tremendous number of February games. And the reason why is because they're done. They're done. Full-on code for those games. Absolutely done games. And when you see something like that, when you start to see that these games are available for... A, and I, I'm probably speaking out of turn. I'm probably not supposed to say... Well, I never said the games, so I can get away with this. But yeah, I, it's, it's crazy. And I was asked to do a little bit of a beta review for one game that I probably wouldn't have covered anyway, so I'm sort of looking at that game. It's, it's crazy. A lot of these are ready. And so I think when you look at it, we're going to get a lot of solid titles, man. Yeah, Elder Ring's one of them. Guys, I mean, Elder Ring already had that beta people could run around in. And you know what's weird about Elden Ring? Go back and look at some of the responses on the beta. There's almost no complaints. Not real complaints of like, these things aren't ready, if you get my drift. But complaints about, you know, the, the way it may do this or the way it may do that. But not real complaints towards, you know, fostering a worry that you may have in your heart for the preparation of this title. You know, is it ready? Is it prepared? It looks like they are. And that's exciting to me. Thank you, everybody. 500 people in the chat. I appreciate it. 500 people watching, at least. Sekiro's Combat was very intricate. Sekiro's Combat was awesome. If you do not know about the randomization mods for games, you need to go check out Sekiro's randomization mod and Hitman 3's. What do these mods do? They fucking go in... And they take like enemies from Sekiro and move them around. And I got to tell you, it's amazing. The reason why is because in Sekiro, for the most part, as you continue to progress, those enemies could have been taken out moment one. Uh, it's about the stretching of resources to get to those enemies and then learning what you're learning, all that kind of stuff. So the ability for you to basically look at Sekiro, download this download, have it randomized everything. And you're now able to fight enemies in different places. You can pick how, what sub-bosses show up, when the bosses show up. It's fucking insane. So you need to check it out. Randomization mod Sekiro. Hitman 3 does it as well. And I'm sure I'm not the first one to say this. 
Um, I think that kind of stuff changes the way you can experience a game multiple times if you desire to do so. I'm a person who plays a game multiple times. I'm playing through Homefront Revolution for the 11th time. If there was a randomization mod, you can bet your ass I'd turn it on. February is going to be insane. By hearing most of them are in a finished state, rip my wallet. Yeah, you know, now's the time to create a, a trade, a friend group with your physical friends that you know and create a little trade group, right? So that you can all trade games as quick as you can. Do you think CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077 will make a comeback next year? Um, That's a good question. And this answer is going to sound like a smart-ass answer, Hawk, and it's not. If Cyberpunk 2077 makes a return next year, I think is what he's saying, makes a comeback, 2022 will be the worst year ever. Cyberpunk's done. Cyberpunk's done. Sorry. Fuck you, CD Projekt Red. What you released is what you released. We got what we got. If we find ourselves looking at 2077 and saying, oh, wow, it's made a comeback, that to me would indicate that the majority of games released in 2022 were in some way not clingy enough. I have not seen anything in Cyberpunk 2077 that if that game was perfectly unbuggy, if that game ran, ran perfectly, that it was sticky enough to stick into 2022 and dislodge other titles. That would be mind-blowing and it would indicate to me a huge issue in 2022 guys i get people want hope and you root for the underdog 2077 is not an underdog 2077 is the company that got caught scouting on other companies and ended up losing some kind of championship because of it and now they're paying the price if you like it that's great a lot of people don't but i hope to god we're not talking about 2077 being coming back in 2022. That's ridiculous. I want to see other games. I want to see a Shadowrun game. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out Shadowrun. I want to see that as a cyberpunk style game. I don't give a fuck about cyberpunk anymore. Sorry. They screwed people over and whatever their next game is, I'll give a chance. But 2077? No. Starfield will probably turn out to be another C... Uh, oh, Cyberpunk 2077. I wouldn't think so, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't think there's a lot of indications that it is, my friends. Thanks for the super chat. Thanks for discussing things. Thanks for sticking with the channel through this year. It's been a crazy year. No Man's Sky is still boring as hell. All right. All right. Okay. 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 I don't agree. <clears throat> Craig Jackson, can you say whether you have Elden Ring code yet? Well, if I can say something, I would say it. And that doesn't mean I have it because... That's the same way. You're really not supposed to say you don't have it either it's a, or that you don't have a code. It's very odd. A lot of times they'll be like, you can't say that you have a code. Please don't say you don't have a code. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus, whatever. And that happens in every game, by the way. The, NF, or the, uh, the NDAs are crazy. Your beard looks so dense like it's made of bear fur. This is, this is actually, it's made of Zeus's pubic hair. I killed him snipped it off, just shoved it onto my chin with some glue. First time catching a live stream. Thoughts on Manor Lords. What's up, Texas? Texas two-step. I'm sorry, bro. I don't know what that game is. I'll have to check it out. I will have Blink twice if you have a code. That was one. And that's it. Never going to blink again. 
Astonishing Red, ship now, fix later. Just doesn't work in our current landscape. Too many other games to play. Yeah, and Game Pass and all those kind of things help us. They really do. These are greetings from Israel. Thank you, Serenity, and you rock, Serenity. I forgot to ask. I need to know where everybody's from. You don't need to say your exact damn address. That's creepy. I'm not going to show up at your house on a sleigh led by my dogs delivering to you some kind of strange, you know, squirrel basket filled with candies. But what I would like to know is where you are from the general area. I love this. We find out people are, you know, from like India, all this kind of stuff. Portugal, New York. Oh, that's Mike Fury. Yeah. Finland, Qatar, New Hemisphere, New Hemisphere, <laughs> New Hemisphere. <laughs> It's too early. I can't read that right. I'm going to have to go back and try to read it again. That was butchered. Uh, Los Angeles, Germany, India, France, UK here, Denmark, Spain, Germany, Greece, Toronto, Rhode Island. Damn, son. Canada, Philly, France, Scotland. All right, man. My life is done here if we've got a Scotland. New Zealand, Mars. There's always got to be somebody, right? Jersey, Buffalo. Greetings from Bulgaria. Damn, two, three, four people from Bulgaria. Bulgaria's probably got the highest fans per capita now. Four total, four total fans over there. Thank you. So anyway, I always love that because we're living in an age of technology where we can all get together and talk about games. It's just fascinating. I had people jump into the Discord. Our Discord's been shooting off. It's insane. But I've had people come in the Discord and I'll be like, where are you from? And like, we have one guy who's actually uh, in, in the Arctic uh, doing a research study and he's one of the very few up there. And I can literally tell when he's playing games because you can go to the internet tracing and I can see where his office is because there's nobody around him. And I can see he's using the internet up there. Oregon, good good man, good man. How does one get to your Discord? You got to go through Patreon, man. We do charge. It's five bucks a month. And uh, I got to tell you, there's a reason. First, we do streams. We do private games. We do D&D. D&D's been off the hook lately as well. Um, but it's also to stop... People from just coming in and shitting all over the place for free. And it really has happened in the past. And I apologize for that. But one cool thing, we're also getting Discord where you can pay directly into Discord and not go through Patreon. That's coming soon. It's, I know some people have it in Discord. I don't yet. But when I do, I'll pop that off. Mike says, I really like your bullshit reviews. Oh, no bullshit reviews. I was like, what? <laughs> 80s, 90s movie references. Happy. Oh, 80 to 90s movie references. Thank you very much. It's a good time. I definitely love doing uh, the the reviews in the style that I like, but the, you definitely get people who are like, I can't believe you joked. You should have been totally serious during this video game review. I'm like, no. Uh, I disagree with your conclusions a lot, but your reviews give enough information. You disagree with the conclusions a lot. I would find that probably to be wrong. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because Every time I see that, I ask people about just going and looking at Open Critic and starting to talk about, you know, what, what what games they liked or disliked. And there's like two or three that they disliked and a bunch that they agree completely. But those two or three will stick in somebody's craw and that'll become the thing. It's like we disagree on a bunch of stuff. It's like, mm, seriously, but possibly you could be the first one. Uh, let's see. Happy 2022 ACG Rock. You guys is what? You guys as well, man. It's been a blast. I definitely appreciate it. Ah, next, walking the walks. You guys seen some updates on the walking the walks? Now I got one per one complaint out of all those. Somebody complained that I that I re-uploaded that content. You're absolutely right. 
I did re-upload that content. It was the number one requested fix for the channel was re-uploading those because they had the bad audio. And so what I decided to do was I was like, I'm not going to re-upload these with just fixed audio. That's fucking completely insane. So I added in uh, the bonus one lines, the information I got from devs. And that's why you see the pop-ups. And I just couldn't explain it to this guy, no matter what. He was just pissy. He was like, man, I remember when you were a good guy and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm sitting there going like, dude, we did it. We It's legitimately the number one request on the channel when it comes to old videos is to re-upload those and fix those if there's bad audio on something. You always get some jackass, right? But that hasn't soured me on the walk in the walks. They're a blast and you will see more for sure. Um, it is something that walking the walks are they're a little different than everybody else's stuff. And what's crazy is they do very well uh, ads-wise. They don't do well views-wise, but I can deal with that. Uh, Shish Shishino says, more often than not, I agree with you, ACG. But yeah, the disagreements stick out. They do, and that's fine. They're, it's fine. But anyway, just so you guys know, that's why walking the walks are in there. Um, and that's why those are being redone. Not because I just want to make a bunch of money. Philly Mike says, I need a sleeping dogs walking the walk. Guess what I'm playing right now? Philly Mike sleeping dogs. I'm playing home front revolution, which I already did one. And I'm playing sleeping dogs right now for one. Can you define what walking the walk is for anyone unfamiliar? Sure. It's basically exploring the game world to see how it reflects graphically and gameplay wise to an open world that we originally were told would come out with the game. These started basically, you would say watchdogs, but you get a lot of companies who are like, this is an open world where you can do anything and people react around you. And then we play Cyberpunk 2077. More like, obviously, fucking nothing reacts to you in that game. So what happens in the walking the walks is it's not about technical stuff. It's not about, you know, this is how many flesticles my polygons can triennialate at any one moment. You know, it's not that bullshit. If you, if you want that, you can go to, you know, Digital Foundry. I don't believe in that stuff. I don't like it on the channel. I believe in it for them, but I don't believe in it for us. And it is about the artistry. It's about little secrets that go on with companies and games. So let's see. I actually just bought Sleeping Dogs. I have Homefront, but I haven't started it. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. Had a, a very good time with that game. Is Cyberpunk 2077 any good then? You could think so. All right. So what else do we got to talk about? Topics. Let me look in my Discord for any questions. We did get a bunch in the Discord. So everybody knows Discord questions go first because those guys are the ones who, you know, pay the... Uh, you know, pay a little bit of a stipend to get in there and stuff. So we try to answer them. Maggio says, any games you want a remake of? So we talk about this, remakes. Do we want remakes? Do I want remakes? I'm not a remake fan. I'm not a big lover of remakes. I think that usually when you ask me if I want a remake, I usually don't think of a game that I thought was very awesome. I think a game that I thought was very awesome that didn't do well, and I hope the remake makes it successful. So if you get my drift in that way, that's usually why I'm talking about remakes. When I talk about remakes, I don't like them. But if you tell me, hey, this company that didn't do, or this game that didn't do great might do amazing if it got a remake. So I have two. They'll never be done. Advent Rising. Advent Rising is an incredibly impressive story. It has just really interesting ideas for how to deal with story. It's got a huge branch in the story. I've just never seen in a game like that a branch in the story that wide where when they s separate, you're like, this is almost two completely different stories. I dig that. Uh, it is also written by Orson Scott Card, 
who currently isn't really viewed as a a person that everybody likes because of his religious views. And religious views have been something that for centuries people have had, so I don't usually let them impact my game. And there was nothing in this game, let's say, that reflected those religious views. But regardless, that's probably one reason. The second reason is that Advent Rising was trash when it came out. I love the game. I'll continue to play the game. But it's trash. It's not good. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't matter. I think the story is awesome. The Tommy Talerico did the audio. So good. There is a Discord to join. It should be in the description of this video for the patron. Just go there and join there. Let's see. Going to go look at some Super Chats real quick, and then I'll get to the next question. Is there any game you guys want remade, by the way, in chat? I would love to know what you guys want. 560 people, man. If you get a chance, tweet this out, Facebook it out, whatever. Let's get a bunch of people in here. Hitman, 499. You're the best of the best, sir. Thank you very much for the Super Chat. What do you think will happen in the game industry in terms of consolidation in 2022? Man, he's going out there with a good question. Sometimes we get the questions where people are like, if you could have peanut butter or chocolate, which would you have? Which is a funny question, but it's not really something you can debate for very long. Well, some people could debate it. If Silver was here, he could probably debate it. So what, what do I see for consolidation? Embracer group. Prepare, people. You have no idea. You have no idea. And here's what even bothers me about Embracer group. I don't mind them. They've been very open, very open about their plans for gaming. But guys... When Microsoft buys a company, it doesn't even matter if it's a small one. People are like, oh my God, Microsoft bought a company. Go look at Embracer Group. It is a squid, an elder creature, a Cthulhu. It's got its tendrils in every single thing you can possibly imagine in gaming. From art to board games. They bought Osmondi, which is the board game, uh, the digital part of the board game company that handles fantasy flight board games which is great. We can get some cool IPs. I'd love to play a Brimstone video game, but still, Embracer Group. That's what I see for consolidation. And I ain't lying. We ain't even close to done yet with them. Custom Corn Pop, $20. Thank you. Or 20 whatevers. Electrum, we'll call them that. Hey there, longtime listener. Even though I rarely catch a live stream uh, on time, I just want to wish a great 2022. Thanks for making my days at the office so much more fun. Cheers. Thank you. This is one of the things that I love so much about people coming into the chat is you'll start finding out that half of them are not doing their job because they're they're like, what what is the what is the ACG podcast saying? <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's like, hang on, guy, I'll land the plane in a second. Carrick is doing the wrap up at the end. I please please stand by, stand by everybody who's on the plane. Carrick's Carrick's doing his wrap up. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you guys get enjoyment out of it. Tencent is similar. Do not like them. Um. Yeah, yeah. People cannot like Tencent. Uh, they have some reasons. Whoa, Grig Grigorov says Anachronics, Omicron, the Nomad Soul. He wants those two to be remade. And I got to tell you, best friends forever. Best friends forever. Anachronics is an incredible RPG that is unique and has amazingly weird characters. Omicron, the Nomad Soul is just fucking weird. It, it had so many things going for it. It had David Bowie singing a song as a hologram in it. By the way, a full, basically a full soundtrack done by David Bowie. Crazy good. Game wasn't the greatest, but that game, yeah. Let's see. Beyond Good and Evil needs a remake. It does. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still being made, by the way. So Peter Nord says, I put off open heart surgery to catch the podcast. No problem, bro. If you can show up here, I'll do it for you, man. 
I can I can definitely do an open heart surgery. I've watched like you know or read the little things about the uh, different sacrificial uh, you know groups like the Mayans and stuff in the past Aztecs. I can I can cut you open with an obsidian knife. You'll make it. And if you don't make it, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I got a migraine, so I'm gonna take a pill here. Auto score three. Grigorov, same person, back from the times when games were made from nerds for nerds. It's true. It's true. Tencent has an 80-plus acquisition or huge investment in 2021. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. We've got so many. All right, next question. We've got a lot of questions. I'm going to try to get them through them fast. What are you looking forward to in the next year? 2022 for Carrick. I'm definitely looking forward to Elden Ring, Dying Light. Well, pretty much most of the games in February. I'm also looking forward to... More hardware efficiencies like DLSSs, fake ones, because they won't be like a real DLSS, obviously, because that requires specific parts on a chip. But I am stoked, guys. I'm a big believer in faking it. If it works on a game screen, you can't tell. I'm okay with that. I'm, I have no issues. In fact, I think that's amazing. If you can figure out a way to get a screen to look identical to what would be native 4K, let's say, but you get yourself 20% of your FPS back, dude. You'd have to be a fucking idiot to not think that was amazing. And I think in 2022, we're going to have at least two more, including hopefully Microsoft's version of this. Gaming Therapy says there's been a lot of virtual reality talks in the Discord. Are you guys excited about the potential of virtual reality? Yeah, I am. I'm very excited. And I would say the guys would probably be too. Reg has got a couple of VRs. Johnny's got a VR. I think Silver's got a VR. I've got a VR. I've got every VR, I believe. Uh, I'm super excited for it. And we're going to cover VR at the end of the podcast a little bit. So I think with VR, man, we want it to succeed. You want It's one more avenue, man. And you as many avenues as you can get is great, unless they're avenues that bring in a ton of trash problems like mobile. I actually don't mind a ton of mobile games. I play some of them. But their very structure is not what I want to see in normal games. Let's see. Paco, greetings, gentlemen. Whether or not you choose to make New Year's resolutions, what are some steps, goals, or anything that you're looking forward to accomplishing this year? Figured someone had to ask it. So I don't really do New Year's resolutions. I do them daily. So I'll wake up. I have a lot of goal setting. I'm huge into goals. I'm huge into let's play in this. I use Evernote, which is Evernote's one of the best pieces of tech I've ever seen. It's all it really is is a note-taking system. But as it's grown and continued, you know, you can be on your Android, leave yourself a note, record a note using voice. It goes into this. So I can say, you know, I want to do a video walking the walk. And then if I'm walking outside and I've got a, you know, some kind of cell phone with me and an idea pops into my head, I can go into the same document and just be like, oh, remember to do this. Boom. And I can bounce those things off of each other. It's great for goal setting and getting things done. But 2022, my goal is to... um my goal is to make sure that Patreon and Discord consistently pay off for those people who pay. And the reason why I say that is I think YouTube is on some serious problematic uh, tracks. We notice that already when, if you go look at the reviews for uh, Halo Infinite, I don't know if I still am. I was number two after IGN, which happens all the time. I'm almost always number two after IGN. Like I'm used to it. IGN loves to channel stuff prior to review anyway. So they'll get four review, four videos that are super short. They do the review video. And then in those videos, they track all of them and tie them into the review video. So it's smart. 
I call it channel stuffing. That is what it is. It's smart. It comes with a negative connotation, but hey, that's the way you should do things. But reviews aren't really resulting in the views of the subscribers they did before. And that's for everyone. Everyone. I've looked. There's people who, it's not stagnant, but it's like, you know, I get as many subscribers in a good month this year as I did on one video the year prior. And people could be like, oh, they're tired of this. But I've been looking. Reviews just aren't necessarily hitting as well as they used to. Um, you can do news and news is pretty easy because you just talk and you just, you know, put some some footage up there. That is something that you can get some views, but you're usually stealing from other YouTubers. And what I mean by that is if uh, if a YouTuber has been around for a long time and they're known for news, for example, Yong Yi. So this is some inside baseball, but to explain it, Yong Yi has done a great job on news and he's got a fairly condensed, fairly good representation of the max number of people who want to watch video game news, uh, daily news. If I were to start doing that, which I will, I'll do it if I want to and I won't if I want to, but if I do those, usually what happens is I almost never grab from the outside and you can track this kind of stuff and see where your subscriber comes from. It's almost never from the outside. It'll be the same person subscribed to Yong Yi. It doesn't mean they don't watch his stuff. It absolutely doesn't. It They'll just watch two, but you rarely get more because what's happened is you've had these Venus flytrap channels that have collected uh, the gr sort of the number of people who want to join in. And of course you have people born and dying every day. So you do get some uh, slight growth there, but you have like an IGN, people get tired of IGN, they'll come to you and you see it all the time. Just, I mean, all the time. Let's see. It seems like Hellblade 2 is trying to expand into Ragnarok with some foreshadowing. Are you worried they may try moving the game to a whole new uh, direction? It's a good question, Bob. We actually talked about that in the last podcast. I am, I don't know what's going on with that. So we'll have to see. Um, have you heard about Lost and Random? It looks like a really good game that's flown under the radar. Mm, no. Nope. Haven't heard anything about it. Let's see. Next question. Idiot Doom Spiral, greetings and happy New Year's Eve, chaps. Much love to the ACG podcast crew. Thank you for being the highlight of my week over the past year. Something I continuously look forward to brighten my day numerous times. Anyways, what was the most emotionally resonant moment in games you had this year? Yeah, so you guys know me. It takes a lot for me to jump into a game and get like emotional, get like uh, excited about something. So I would say overall... What is an emotional moment in games for me? Uh, a big emotional moment in games. Hitman 3 being sort of maybe done. Probably, you know, it meant like the idea of that, um, at least moving on from the core, the, the core, th you know, those three are sort of their thing and we may get something else, but we're not quite sure how that's going to go. I'm trying to think if there's, and feel free to, to pop this off in the chat if you guys know of any that was an emotional moment. But I would say Take Two has some. Take Two probably has the most, and I wouldn't, I don't want to even call them emotional moments, but the, it, it definitely has the couple moments there, which I think feed off pretty well into if you're married or if you're not, if you're split up with a girlfriend, what have you. Those are for sure the moments that I remember from It Takes Two. So. Looking here. Fair play. I was shocked how close it was. Lost and random disappointed me. Pushing the envelope off the dresser and it takes two. There we go. Chris said another person. Thanks for the heads up. 
on Guardians of the Galaxy. Before your eyes hit me. Before your eyes hit me. I don't know what that is. Before your eyes, I'll check it out. I know Carrick's emotional game, Life is Strange 1. Oh, you know, Life is Strange, what is that, 3? True Colors? True Colors felt that way. There was there was bits about True Colors that I really thought was quite interesting. So, let's see. Look in here. What other ones were? It's difficult to really know what hits hard when it comes to emotions because everybody has a different one. I was super emotional at the ending of Mass Effect because the first one, I thought Shepard died. And I've told this story multiple times, so I'm not going to waste everybody's time. I'll just say it quick. But I, I was so, I thought he died. I thought that's a hero game. Nobody knew there was a second or a third. It was just like, here's your game. And to go into that and and see him and possibly think he was, he was dead, I was so like, oh my God, this is amazing. And sort of emotional in that way. And then he lived and you see him come out of the woodwork. And I was just like, this is so cool. I, I Man, I loved it so much. What else he got? Reading the logs and the and the advantage points in Horizon Zero Dawn. Very good. What do you guys think of Miles Morales? Miles Morales was this year, wasn't it? Wasn't it February? Or am I am I am I thinking that wrong? It could have been it could have been a different time. For some reason I thought it was in February. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, here we go. Tristan, $10 super chat. Happy New Year. Quick question. When you get a review code for a new game, is the game in a pre-release state? Dude, this is an awesome question. So what it is, is basically what he's asking is when you get that review code, what state is the game in? Where's the patch? Well, I got to tell you what, all those day one patches, you hear people ask reviewers if they have. We tested those for you. So I, I leapt through the fire of day one patches for you. But no, most reviewers will have the day one patch. That's how it works. So so you they'll talk about a day one patch maybe later, but the reviewer will get the game plus a day one patch. And they might be told, hey, if there's problems with the day one patch, we'll give there'll be a, a side baby patch. But overall, that day one patch is sort of like you can consider that your release patch. The 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 main part of the game that's going to matter is in there everything's there but there have been times where i've been told hey this is it's not going to be ready until day and date and do you know what happens go back and look usually if you hear other people talking about it in review you will not see me have done a review on that and that is because my personal belief is when you guys see a review from me there's two things one never in my life should i look back on that and say i shouldn't have given it that score if I don't have the due diligence and intelligence to get through 16 hours of editing, 40 hours of gameplay, and know what my fucking score is, like, what? and I'm not talking about, like, you know, not knowing where it is technically, but, I mean, overall, I should be able to tell you guys a score. If I'm so wishy-washy that after all that time, I have to be like, well, if you like these kind of games, maybe you should get it, blah, blah, blah. No, you should be able to put your foot down and say, hey, this is the fucking score of the game, and it really shouldn't come back to bite you. If it does, don't do a fucking video. People are such in a rush to be considered like the, the know-it-all or the the one who's first or there's this and that. And there's been multiple games and it started all the way back. World War II, Call of Duty, I didn't do a review for. And you'll see a lot of people be like, oh, Carrick always just wants to be first. Look at the number of games where I'm not. It's actually sky high. There's a shit number of games I don't get to review. One, it's just me. Two, a lot of times I'll look at a game and be like, I don't know where this is. Like, I don't know where it is for me. I don't feel comfortable telling people my score. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. What if you just walk, hey, man, I drove this brand new car one fucking time for half an hour. You should go buy it. 
That makes no fucking sense. Um, thanks for the question, Tristan. You rock. I appreciate it. Brandon Harden says, from your favorite Discordian photographer. This must be Spickles. Wanted to thank you and the crew for an awesome year of content. Brandon is probably Spickles in our Discord. This dude cannot take a cell phone picture without fucking it up. I've never seen... It's actually quite a talent. He'll have the best game on the screen, and he'll take a picture with all askew. I don't know if he's trying to do, like, the photo the Instagram duck face version of, of shitty pictures, but damn son, that dude can't do a picture. Right. Let's see. What else do we got here? Yak is a zero. Yak is a zero. That's, is that, was that, no, that wasn't this year. Yak is a zero. Wasn't this year was like a dragon this year. That's how many games we got this year. Uh, what does ACG mean? What used to mean angry centaur gaming? Back in the day when I was named that for playing D&D with some friends and being mad. And then it was always caffeinated gaming. And now it's just ACG. It really has never meant anything. It's just me. Always here. Boring you with videos. There's different perspectives. I watch multiple channels to get different perspectives, he says. Good for you. Though a lot of people find that uh, the perspective... I think one of the things when it comes to videos is people will say, I want to watch different perspectives. And they won't realize that... Most of the time, that's actually not true. Whether it be one person is sponsored by a company and the other isn't, those those cannot be considered like-for-like like perspectives. And you guys would be surprised how many people out there, that's what's going on. So, you know, trying to say that you watch other videos for a perspective, even if you've decided to watch my channel for a different perspective, just to be honest, man, if we're going to be factual, which is what we should be, most people aren't going to tell you this because they don't want you to be factual. They want you to be a fan. To me, I would rather have you be factual and not like me than be a fan and like me. I think that shit's, it's gross. I don't, blech, it's nasty. But one of the things that will happen is people will be like, oh, I watch ACG to get a different, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not. You got to actually look at what I'm talking about and understand that for me, the perspective might be coming from a completely different place. It's it's not always just the perspective of the game. It could be how you got the game. Um how long you played the game. I mean, dude, I've seen reviews where people are like, you can't do this and this in a game. And I'm like, you can, it's in the, it's in the menu. What the fuck is this person talking about? And then I realize, oh yeah, they didn't get to the spot. They didn't even play the game long enough to get to the spot where that menu opens. Go back and look at some Assassin's Creed reviews and see how many of them will forget to mention cultists or what's the other group in Assassin's Creed where the tab opens up mercenaries, mercenaries, I think. Go back and look. You'd be quite surprised. There was the person who said in the Mankind game, I think Mankind is the one with the monkeys, where you could ride horses or something, and the developer was like, no, you can't. What's this fucking person even talking about? It's because the person probably read that you could and put it in their review. Take it as you will. Like I said, perspectives, they appear to be the same. They appear to be something you can compare. Not to be rude, a lot of times they're not. Next question up. Jesus Christ, happy New Year's all. If by some magical reason you could see a statistic of something in your life or something you did this year, what would it be? For example, amount of eggnog you drank this year. I would say, what is a statistic I would like to see? If, if you could see anything, which by the way, I think that's what he's saying. You can see anything, even if it was unrealistic. I would love to see how many people truly liked a review because they liked it versus anything like a sycophant or somebody who's just like, I'm going to hit thumbs up on anything and the people who disliked it. And if they truly disliked it versus being mad at me because I didn't agree with them on the last game I reviewed, 
I would love to see true data about people following the channel. Um, and that's not personal stuff, but that's because I pretty much know my personal stuff. I mean, there's not not much more I would need. Lasercat says, thanks for a great year. Happy New Year. With Sony doing its own Game Pass, do you have any fears about moving into an all-subscription service? Yes, but we don't know what Sony's Game Pass is. Sony's been rumored to have a Game Pass for over three years. They've been rumored to have something. And it's always popped out and been something that really wasn't a uh, very uh, connected feeling to Game Pass is not really in any way uh, comparable. So for me, yeah, I hate the idea of everything being subscription. Guys, I tried to watch a TV show yesterday and going to every streaming service to find the TV show, to find what TV show it was uh, on what channel absolutely killed my soul, man. It killed my soul to try to figure out which of the streaming services I need. However, not going to lie, Game Pass as a streaming service is probably one of the best things to happen in our current environment. People need enjoyment and, you know, Netflix or what have you, you pay one price and you get all their movies. And normally game stuff has not been that way. And seeing Game Pass sort of handle it that way is phenomenal. And in fact, the more connected they are, or the more you look at them, the more connected they are where Netflix has its original movies. Microsoft has first person. I'd love to see other companies do this. Here's the thing. Do I worry about subscription? Yes, but if a subscription is less than the price of, let's say, one game in a year, no, because financially, I care more about what you get to play versus I do if the company, what the company's doing. So there's some ifs and ands there, and there's some weird business practices that we certainly see. It's a good question, though. Ronan, hey, guys, come clean. What was the game that made you spend the New Year's midnight in front of your PC console like you have no social life? Oh, what's like... A game like that? Dude, I was playing Homefront. Uh, oh, I played Contractors on VR seven hours yesterday. So I worked out, and then I was like, I don't feel like I worked out enough, so let's do some Contractors. And yeah, it was seven, seven and a half hours in VR. I got a battery extension for the Quest, which also has a battery opening to put another battery in. So I was able to just, you know, play for that long without having any kinds of worries. It was great. Great Ape, what soundtrack or song stood out to you from this year? Um... The Book of Boba Fett. So listen to this, guys. This is a good question. I would have said nothing. And then last night, I decided to watch The Book of Boba Fett, episode one. The music is so different, and the feeling of that starting is so different, that stuck with me. And it's going to stick with me a long time. Like, if, if you guys know me, you know that I'll jump on Twitter if, like, something impresses me or intrigues me. That would be a good a good answer for that. For uh, Great Ape says, for him, it's Deathloop and Averses from death's door the ascent ost was also great but i can't name the individual tracks i think that would make sense right because the individual tracks for ascent are probably are difficult because many of them don't have any voice or anything and they're just like you know they're just the digital stuff you guys can record that and it might be a little harder to you know track krell what's up buddy i'd be amazed for dark cloud 3 and bringing some of the systems back what would you like to see a sequel to dark cloud 3 Skies of Arcadia, two. Thunderblade, four. That's a Sega game where you were in Apache helicopter. Afterburner, 99. Whatever Afterburner number we're on. Space Harrier. We did Space Harrier 1, 2, 3D. Was there a Space Harrier 4? No. Space Harrier 4. I would kill for a Space Harrier 4. If somebody said, here's Space Harrier 4, and you can play it normal plus Pancake, or the Pancake version, but VR as well, I'd kill. 
Space Harriers just, I grew up on that, man. Oh, get ready when he dies and comes back to life. Primo. Last question, Citizen Sleeve. Happy New Year's, mate, and all in the Discord. What has been your favorite TV show and film of 2021? <sighs> you know, that's a good question, man. Favorite TV show that's new in 20... Man, I don't track shit when it's new, you know? Boba Fett's good. Uh, I just, just now finished Punisher, and I know that's not this year. That's been... That was a couple years ago, right? I think. This year? Shit. Shit. I don't know, man. That's a good question. That's a good question, but I don't really have a good answer for that, man. Altered Beast 2. Boom Dazzle. Oh, man. Rise from your graves. People don't know. If you want to play an insane game, play Altered Beast. Altered Beast is a game where you're half man, half one animal, depending on the level. And you can sort of change, you, you, when you get hit, you turn to a man and then you die and you have all these special powers and you're basically sent on your mission by the angriest Elmer Fudd you've ever seen. I'm not lying. It sounds like Elmer Fudd. It starts the game and it's like, you know, you were dead, blah, blah, blah. And it'll, it, it'll be like, raise from your graves. And you guys come out and you're just like, let's do this. You have a punch, a kick, and then you have for the first uh, werewolf, I believe, Krynos, if you're a werewolf apocalypse fan, they can do like a speed sprint where sort of light lines come off of them and they smash into people. So good. There was a level where you could turn into a dragon. I believe that was level four. That was fucking rock hard. Super difficult game. Let's see. Have you watched season two of Witcher? I have not got a chance to. Dune was outstanding. That's There you go. Altered Carbon? Am I wrong? I thought Altered Carbon was last year. I thought episode, season two was last year. I don't know. Boba Fett just came out. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I liked it. Um, have you played Trapped? No. Let's see. Best DLC this year? Uh, anything from Assassin's Creed. Hey, we can complain all we want, guys. You can complain all you want. Ubisoft has their issues, but I'm going to tell you where, for the most part, those issues just don't exist. Ubisoft's DLC for Assassin's Creed and Voss for Far Cry. I don't know how well the other ones will turn out. Their DLC chops are legit. They're strong. They're a strong contender, man. Like, they come out, and it feels a bit like Ubisoft is like the prize fighter that doesn't work really hard, but they have that immense amount of skill. So if they get knocked around a little bit, suddenly they come alive, and that's their DLC. So they come out, there's other people there, and they're like, yeah, they're slipping. They're 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 bobbing, they're weaving, but they're not really trying super hard because they're resting on their laurels, they're resting on their fan base. And then maybe they get rocked once or twice, and they're like, oh, yeah, bitch. Here comes Atlantis. Immortals DLC, was it good too? Yes, Immortals DLC was awesome. Immortals Phoenix Rising is a great game. It needs to be played. Immortals Phoenix Rising needs to be, Rising needs to be played enough that we get a sequel to that game. Because that game is what Assassin's Creed's core generic bit of combat that's fun is when it's distilled. Just the fun parts. And there's not enough to make you go, this is super complex, but it's not boring. It's good combat, fantasy world, super saturated. Is Virtual 6 in the world, or Virtual uh, Fighter 6 in the works? No, it is not. This guy looks high as hell. I like that. Thank you. But I'm not. I don't even do drugs. What do I do? Caffeine. Actrizer also needs a sequel. The SNES game was great. I enjoyed Immortal. Where's the homie? Silver Hawkins. Silver couldn't make it. Well... Actually, I think I called quits to the group before asking him, but he's been sick uh, for two or three days, and I believe he thought he had COVID. Um, so 
when Johnny was like, he couldn't make it. Reg was like, I don't really have a bunch. I was like, you know what? Let me jump in here. I can handle it on my own. I can do this. And we did. We did a fairly good job. Let's see. What else? Grape Ape says he's on eggnog and Uncrustables. It's so true, man. It's so true. Astonishing Red says, what does it take to get banned from getting codes? Banned. Thanks for the super chat. Banned from getting codes. I'm thinking you mean like what's what's something you could do to a company, a review company, uh, a game company, like a publisher? So one of the things that really occurs with game publishers is they will be okay when you do a game review and you cover it factually, but you don't like the game. Almost always, right? You're going to be completely fine with that. What they won't be fine with for sure is when you just sort of go off on a game for no reason or it becomes super political for no reason and there isn't a lot of factual data. You will definitely see a company say, listen, I'm just not going to push this. I'm not going to make sure that you get codes. Dude, I've, I have I mean, I've harshed on some games. One game that I really harshed on was about three years ago. It was a smaller game, but it had all kinds of issues. And I was pretty dire on it. But I was like, listen, you know, you can tell people wanted this to be good. And no lie, the very first post on the review, I posted the review. And the very first post was from the CEO of the company. And they were like, I want to say thank you so much. I agree with many of these issues. Keep watching. We're going to work super hard on fixing these. Um, we've taken your blah, blah, blahs to, to heart. And they did. They patched up the game. They got the game working. They were a smaller company. They, they did have some decisions that were bad. It wasn't just bugs. I want to make sure that's clear. So. Best wishes to you guys. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Let's see. Review codes. Yeah, okay. You can be sick without having COVID. LOL. Thanks for the data. Did anybody say you couldn't be sick? That'd be weird. Uh, being conservative like Colin Moriarty. Oh, for, for being banned for games. Codes. No, because they get some codes. They get some codes. They just don't. There's some companies where they're not going to do it. You know, it's just definitely not going to happen. Uh, I don't think Angry Joe gets codes anymore, but his reviews are always honest. I think that a company could look at his reviews. I don't have an issue with his reviews. I think somebody could look at his reviews and say that they're not in due diligence as a focus towards the game. And if it becomes an entertainment kind of situation, a company will usually say, listen, yours isn't really a review. It's whatever you're trying to do, which is your entertainment, you know, still talking about stuff, but it's more about you than it is the game. And what they'll do is just say, hey, you probably have enough money, you know, might as well just buy the game on your own. I can see that happening. By the way, I have been refused reviews all the time. Sony and I have a a, like, a weird relationship at times. Sometimes I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, the, the cyberpunk thing was crazy in the background for ha getting codes and and me in particular and, and what I had to deal with. So um, I'm sure Angry Joe, I'm absolutely 100,000% sure he could get tons of codes for games. But I would bet to you that it's only particular games or games. Maybe he just isn't interested in doing a 30-minute, multiple thousand dollars view of. I don't want to speak for him, but I would say that sometimes you have to look at that and be like, do we really want to do this for Phoenix Rising or something? And instead, Delraith used to do the mini reviews, and I think AJ and uh, Alex do some as well. Let's see. 
What else do we got? Uh, Michael, what's up? $15 super chat. What are you looking forward to in 2022? Dude, I can't wait for Elden Ring, man. Dude, Elden Ring. When I first saw Elden Ring, I remember looking at it and on the video, I even did a like a preview let's talk analysis video of the damn preview video. That's how much I like this game. You guys know me. I wouldn't probably do that if I wasn't really impressed. Art Artistry-wise, it's like Bob Ross's world filtered through Larry Elmore from old D&D books and, and, and stuff and put together into something that just isn't like anything else. And I can't wait to see it. It's like an oil painting. It's a tapestry. And I like that idea. And I'm excited to see what comes about of Elden Ring. And that's also because... Neo 2 is a favorite of mine. Uh, Surge 2 is a favorite of mine. Sekiro is a favorite of mine, though I do grant you I probably wouldn't want to jump back into it all the time because it can be difficult. But there's something about Elden Ring that just looks oil-painted and magical, and I can't wait. And then they got, like, Leap and Lenny Potho horses who are able to fucking climb straight up and leap off things. I, I just can't wait. I want to see it. I want to see what it does. Thanks for the super chats, peeps. I'm trying to get to them. Um... Chris says, how come you don't review much Nintendo Switch games? Your review made me get Mario Rabbids. Uh, if I can, I review them. That's it. That's I'm glad you said much. Instead, somebody you'll have somebody be like, he never reviews any Nintendo games. No, I try to if I can. But sometimes you just, you know, they just don't do a code early or um, it's a game that I'm not interested in. I'm going to be brutally honest. I feel that the Nintendo Switch is probably the most disappointing system this year when it comes to games. That's just the honest truth. There just wasn't much to be excited for. And a lot of people have looked at my reviews and been like, hey, you don't give a never touch very often. For sure. First of all, never touch. I speak factually. Never touch means don't fucking touch that thing. It doesn't mean at a small amount of money, get it. I'm saying don't, I do not think it's worth you even touching. And you'll get a lot of people who are so accustomed to review channels or anybody being like, hey, maybe you should get it if you're this. There was very soft scratch into the ground kind of reviews. I'm not. I'm like, here's the line in the sand. Don't fucking get that. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that with Nintendo in particular, they don't really like those kind of reviews. I can give you the honest truth. I, I the, Talking to some people who've worked there, they ain't big fans of that kind of review. They want a review that's a little softer. And if you'll notice, even review channels are softening up their words. Look at how many times people have gone away from um, numbered scores to like, hey, maybe you should get it. Hey, go ahead and get it. They change it because they don't have to put their, they don't have to put a line in the sand. I'm okay with putting a line in the sand. It's, uh, you know, I'm not, my birthday will not be stolen from some watcher who gets mad because we disagree. But a lot of people don't want to deal with that on online. And it can suck, but I, I personally feel you should put your, your foot down. And Nintendo is just not a fan of that. Sorry. They just aren't, man. They just, I, you know, all power to them. It's their game. Uh, how hard is the difficulty of Elden Ring? I heard it was about Dark Souls 3. If not a tiny bit easier. I did hear some people say it was worse. Forbidden West has a big chance of winning game of the year. Oh. Well, I mean, does it? That's really forward thinking. <laughs> that's really forward thinking. Uh, I thought you were going to say something else, but okay. Yeah, that's 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 like, it's not out for another couple months, and then that's like 12 months in the future. So, uh, yeah. Techno says, Steam Deck, opinion on it. I got one. Uh, next up, Jabat Malay. Sorry, your international podcast with Toto Biscuit from five years ago resurfaced on my recommendations. That's nostalgia. 
Yeah, yeah. My stuff isn't showing up on recommendations anymore. And a lot of people have told me they've had to unsubscribe and then resubscribe to me to get any notifications from my channel anymore. That's just the way YouTube works now. So I've had a lot of people come in recently who are like, no lie, I had one guy who's like, I didn't know Total Biscuit had passed away. He had gone sort of separated from gaming for a while, came back, and YouTube, no lie, was still recommending him that stuff without any indications. YouTube can be quite weird. But I'm glad people had a chance to jump into it. And uh, I'm glad I got to meet him, man. Got to meet some great people working for myself, I guess, but doing YouTube reviews. What's your game of the year? 2021. No clue. Watch the video. Haven't done it yet. <laughs> Haven't done it yet. Just not quite sure. Will you review Grand Brew Gene Blue Fantasy Relink? Where are you guys coming up with some of these names? I have no clue what that even is. Oh, Grand Blue. There we go. Okay, I did sort of know what, what Grand Blue was. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to review that. Man, I, you know, I don't really know what game I'm going to review until about a week or two prior, you know, and I reach out. My game of the year 2021 is Lost Judgment. Dude, Lost Judgment is good. I saw some people not liking Lost Judgment, and I was like, not to be rude, but sometimes when you see a game like that, if somebody doesn't like it, you understand, right? And so you you sort of want to see what they say. I saw some people disliking Lost Judgment and I was like reading, watching what they were covering. And I was like, dude, did they even play the game? Did they even play all the games, especially Lost Judgment? There was a lot of reviews for Lost Judgment that were questionable as fuck when they came out. And I don't know, man, that kind of stuff bothers me. It's, it's, it's your due diligence to make sure that you're honest and everything, but it's also theirs. Um, it, or it's also your due diligence to accurately review the game without just rubbing yourself all over it. It seems like lately there's been a lot of channels, a lot of um, websites that are too busy rubbing themselves off onto their article or their YouTube videos that it's less about the game and more about them. And that's starting to really bother me. Uh, let's see. Do you think we will ever get a new Armored Core? I don't know. That would be awesome, though. I liked Armored Core. Have you played Frog March? No. Matthew says, $4 Super Chat, $4.99. You've seen this new coming out in June. You've seen this new game, I think is what he's saying, coming out in June called The Day Before. It looks interesting and might have a good concept if they do it properly. I have seen uh, a preview, I believe, of that game, and it did. It actually did look good. Uh, let's see. Soracates says, I really wish ACG can review The Forgotten City. I don't know what that is. Wait a minute. Is The Forgotten City the mod? Yeah, just didn't. I mean, I just, yeah, didn't have the chance. There's too much, too much stuff going on. Let's see. What else do we have coming out for news? Let me go to Reddit and check the news. I always like to hit a little bit of uh, live news as we're doing it. Thank you very much, everybody, also for jumping into the patron. I did see some new patrons there. It's going to be a blast this year. Well, I hope. If it's terrible, that would suck. But I don't think it will be. I think you guys will be surprised. This year, we've got... We've already started the streaming Sundays. That was cool. We had multiple people streaming on Sundays. Everybody just jumping in, sort of learning how to stream there maybe versus learn, you know, versus doing it on Twitch where maybe you have some bad, you know, responses from people. That's that's always been fun to do. Looking at news. Not a lot of news, man. There's not a lot of news. There wasn't really anything that happened this week. I think that for a lot of people, surprise people, there were some purchases, there was stuff like that. But I think we've sort of entered into a bit of a quiet period, especially January. We've got two or three games. I'm reviewing five, I think, in January. And 
they're you know a couple are big obviously but for the most part i think january is sort of a little bit quieter uh do you think we'll get factions too i don't know what that is if you mean red faction two which you probably don't i would kill for that i miss tb and acg as many times or in many ways the same thank you remy says are you able to enjoy and appreciate games as a fan are you always playing games with a reviewer's perspective? Nope, I have no issues with it. None whatsoever. N none. Like if I'm playing a game and I want to do a review, I do a review. If I play a game and I don't want to do a review, I don't want to do a review. I'm not, I'm going <laughs> to, I got some shit. Funny enough, we're talking about this. I got some shit from Total Biscuit behind the scenes when I said this. Not shit. He was never mean. He was just teasing me back and forth. But I even said this on one of the two times I went on the podcast where I was like, listen, man. There's very few things in this world that matter less than a video game review. Let's just, I mean, I have no issue putting it out there. Here I am telling you, I want you to subscribe and all this stuff. That's because I, I'll try to do my best to entertain you. But in the world, there's few things that matter less than a video game review. I mean, think about it, man. There's cancers, there's wars, there's all this stuff. And it's like, oh man, this video game review matters a ton. And, and a lot of people take themselves way too serious when it comes to reviews. You get a lot of that really, it's almost like an uncomfortable thespian kind of thing that starts to crop up when it comes to reviews. And like, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. We see it a lot of times. I'm chilling hard this week. Spartan. Here's me showing some support for my favorite game reviewer. Arcane was my favorite piece of entertainment to release. Dude, the love for that game is so high. The love for Arcane, I'm, it blows my mind. Everybody I've talked to is like that game. Like, that's ridiculous. They were talking to me, wanting me to go and check it out early. And I was like, I'm not interested. I probably should have done it, right? <laughs> probably, probably my fault for doing that. But let's, I want to talk, I want to walk you guys through a little, a, a little bit of, Past is future, future is past. Kale says, how lit are you, my man? Don't do drugs, buddy. Sorry. That's just me being, ex this is what happens when you actually are naturally excitable versus needing a bunch of chemicals to get out of bed. Let's begin. I want to talk a little bit about the past. Uh, we were at about 30,000 channel subs, I think, and I was with Cadiz and we went to PAX Prime. And this is when I sort of knew like things were awesome when it came to YouTube and sort of knew what I wanted to do with my channel. I was walking down the street in the middle of PAX Prime. It, PAX Prime happens in a place where everybody can be milling around, you know, normal people, game people, that kind of stuff. And it was so crazy to think, oh, thank you. He means the show. It was so crazy to think that somebody knew me at 30,000 and I hear this yelling. I hear somebody yell and go, you know, uh, Carrick from ACG. And I'm like, what? And I turn around and it's a, it's a random fan. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, I've been watching your channel for a while. I just want to say I love your stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I've always been under the impression that somebody who loves your stuff doesn't mean they'll love it tomorrow, right? But you want to greet them and that, that's very cool. And I loved getting together and just talking to people in that PAX and sort of seeing that even as a small channel, I think we're about 30, 35,000. I'll have to go look. Even as a small channel, there were people out there going to events, all this stuff that already knew of the channel. And then you fast forward, and this is probably one of the best moments of my life, even though I didn't really explain it. I, I popped off here or there and said a couple things. But year before last, Xbox did a, a show in 
uh, in Spain or in Mexico. They do their their show, I think, in February. And we were looking at the chant. We were watching it. And all of a sudden in the background, I found like five people wearing ACG shirts, all of them in a row. And it was like, I believe it was the ACG something, something. I can't remember. But it was so amazing to have that. Like it was that. And I, I posted, I said, thanks to everybody who wore the shirts. You know, I wasn't expecting that. And it was it was actually shown during the event. And it was like, I think it's Phil Spencer going like, you know, taking a picture or something. And there's all these people with ACG shirts. And I was like, what the fuck? That's that's awesome. And then we, you know, roll forward to now where we have longtime subscribers and we have people who are jumping into the channel, people who like uh, the reviews. And I just got to say, thanks, man. You know, even if the channel never grew again, the idea that people come to it to get something enjoyable and to get some data and I save you 60 bucks, saving you 60 bucks matters to me, man. I was poor when I was a kid. So the idea of being able to save you guys money makes me feel good because I know what it's like. I remember making a choice between electricity and food. And so I chose a bag of potatoes and I'm telling you right now, one thing you should never do, never eat a raw potato. I ate a raw potato. It was the worst experience of my life, but I had to choose between electricity and normal food. So I bought a bag of potatoes to eat. And I remember like when I started the channel, I wrote down my ideals for the channel, which I found out nobody has, but me, which is weird. I don't know how they started the channel, but my channel, I do have 10 core tenants and those 10 core tenants sort of keep me grounded, even if it's five years later. And one of the things I said was, am I saving people money? Like that's, or, or, or giving them entertainment. You could do the reverse too. You could say, am I pointing out something that's amazing? Or am I pointing out something that is not and is saving them cash? And to me, that was, it was awesome, man. It was so great. It was so great to like years later, look at this list and then look over and be like, oh, and I've even had people go, dude, you love the game. I just had this. Somebody was like, I, you loved the game, but what you explained about the game is why I wouldn't like the game. And I was like, dude, you get it. Like you it's it feels so weird, but it's like you get it. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted somebody to be able to leave it. There's some context for a person to leave it and look and go, I get the context. I understand what he's saying. Even though he loves it, I wouldn't, or even though he hates it, I will like it. But the context is there. And man, yeah, you guys rock. Those were those just awesome experiences in my life to have it and to have you guys talking about these games. And it's so crazy to look at these games, guys. I mean, um, Battleborn, I don't know if anybody remembers Battleborn, but Battleborn was one of the first games I sort of got to see early behind the scenes. Homefront Revolution, I got to see early behind the scenes. It was a completely different game at that point, but it was just awesome. Um, Venin says, ACG, can you plug your Epic Games affiliate thing? I want to use it right now. Uh, I don't, I never, um, ACG. It's either ACG-Carrick or Carrick-ACG. I'm sorry. I don't want to look it up. It'll bring up another window. Um, I never use... I mean, I, I don't... I mean, thank you for using it, but I don't really pimp it out, so I, it's difficult for me to remember. Chris says, uh, what's your biggest regret you have when it comes to making content? I mean... I just don't, I, when it comes to making, I, I just, I make something because I want to make it. And by the time I'm done making it, I can never say it's on accident. Meaning it took me long enough that if my brain, if I'm not smart enough in all that time of making something, I don't look and go, Hmm, should this be made? Man, I'm a fucking idiot. So 
I can say when it comes to making stuff I and, and just doing stuff, uh, the only thing I can tell you guys is I wish people had helped me more. And a lot of people would not help me. A lot of people, so you see people reach out to bigger YouTubers on Twitter and they should be like, we should work together. Bad way to do it. First of all, the person's super busy and I myself get easily over a hundred emails every single day. And it's not just from them. I'm saying a hundred total emails. It's, it's impossible for one person to see all that. And I've had people get mad at me. They're like, I contacted you a week ago. I guess you're not a real gamer if you won't work with me. And they'll do that subtle shit. And I've been blackmailed multiple times where people try to blackmail me. It'd be like, oh yeah, well, how would you like it if I told everybody that you didn't respond to my email in two weeks? And I'm like, I would probably just say you were lucky by a full week because normally it takes me three weeks. Like, what the fuck? Um, so and negative stuff, spending money on audio stuff that didn't fix anything, you know, video stuff that didn't fix anything for sure. I would say that's the big thing is uh, not getting that help that you wanted. Um, it's one of the reasons why I do the discord level. That's it is money, but it's because I take my time and I use my actual SEO tools, but nobody helped me, man. Nobody helped me at all. And you couldn't get help because they didn't want to help you. See, that's the thing is for the majority of people, they believe that if they help you, they're hindering themselves. And my personal belief is I have not seen that at all, at all. It just doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense. So <clears throat> Norma J says, Hey man, appreciate the content. Thank you. Uh, Jabat says, are you not doing games weekly news roundup views? You know what? I probably will continue to do them, but because I'm actually doing stuff on the side, like the Discord, so our Discord is massive. I don't think people realize I'm not just a YouTuber as a Discord. It's not like that. I'm in there all the time. And if you talk to anybody, the one thing they'll always tell you is every single time they've gone to a Discord, even of other really good patron creators, they're just not in there as much as, as Carrick is. This is something I hear all the time, so I'm saying it in third person. Um, the Discord takes a great deal of my time because I'm trying to make sure that people have a, a place to be able to talk, a safe place that they want to talk, and that they can grow if they want to do their own channels and stuff. So a lot of times I'm in there doing things, and I don't have the time for a news channel. Lastly, I think news videos, they're easy, which is great. They're, you can make a ton of money off news videos and reviews right now you can't, but they're not very fun. They right. They sort of have to be fun. I don't know. And sometimes they're not. Uh, let's see. What do you mean? Avowed is 45. Avowed is going to be 45 bucks. Hopefully not. Damn. New games are going to get expensive, man. Daddy K slick says you mentioned fighting cowboy in some videos. And I find that awesome. Do you guys talk on a regular basis? Uh, regular, we used to, we, we come, we go on and off. So fighting cowboys, a person who does great, um, uh, let's plays on YouTube. I have no issue randomly saying the name Johnny from uh, happy console gamer. I drop his name all the time. I've dropped Maddie's name. I've dropped it, so many people's names. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't. And it's not a ploy. If it was a ploy, I'd be doing it all the fucking time. That's what people don't get. You all, there's always somebody expecting the other shoe to drop. They're like, it must be a ploy to get you know, sympathy subscribers. No, it's telling you, I watch this guy over here. Why should I not tell you they're fun to watch? Like, that's ridiculous. That shows that, you know, you may be unhappy in your small dick life over here, but I'm over here, big dick energy, all my friends, and we're talking about games. If you've got a problem over here, that's on you. If you have an issue with like me dropping the name of somebody because I love their stuff, 
that's your own sadness coming through, man. That's that's all it is. It's We should celebrate that stuff if we like it. We absolutely should. As a content creator, it's great to hear you talk about that, helping each other. I've managed to reach out to bigger YouTubers and all has been good so far. Yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll turn out to be bad. Uh, let's see. Oh, people are saying they like raw potatoes. All right. Caused me not because of the way the sugars are. It caused me nothing but a sickness. Forspoken is another game. AC Discord is rocking. Yes, it is. It's awesome. Awesome caring gamer. Nah, just, I don't know what the term should be. Awesome caring gamer, I guess is fine. Let's talk about NFTs for a second. This is going to be really short. People have been asking me if I still am worried about NFTs. Yes, very much so. Microtransactions are in games. Microtransactions are inherently selling you something that usually doesn't mean anything. What's going on with NFTs is that the companies are hinging the idea that it's rare and that you could possibly sell it in the future as being worthwhile and their hope for this. Now, one thing I said in the last podcast I want to repeat here, multiple developers I've talked to, when I said, what are your thoughts on NFTs? They stated unequivocally. They, they said, in no way, shape, or form does the audience reaction to NFTs matter to us. NFTs will be in the game regardless. That's what they said. Two huge companies, both are doing it regardless. And here's why. Any reaction current gamers may have will not equal the amount of money NFTs will make. That That's literally, it's the truth. NFTs, the amount of money NFTs will make is so far beyond the amount of money they were making on micros that that is what they told me. They were very clear about it. In no way, shape, or form does any reaction matter. Now, we have seen some companies remove them. We saw the uh, re uh, we saw something for Stalker 2. They were like, hey, we want to do it. Oh, that's not working out. We want to remove it. You will, you will for sure see that. What I'm telling you on the flip side of that is we absolutely know that they will for sure be in some games, and they've made it very clear. Um, Hey, Carrick, thanks for all the quality content. Been watching for a couple years. I'm an indie game developer. Is there space in your Discord to post about the game I will release? Not spamming. If you're a member of the Discord, there is a spot there to post videos and and games. Yeah, but we do watch it pretty close. We've, we have not had an issue. We have not. But one of the things we'll do is if somebody's shadow posting, so let's say they jump in and they're posting in a in a channel. And then they're also telling people on discords, DMS, if I get wind of that, we usually have a talk and I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty religious on making sure that that discord is the greatest place people can go to guys, dude, a couple days ago, we watched a TV show a couple days before that. I did VR a couple days before that we had three people stream a couple days before that we all jumped in and we basically had this random huge discussion about Florida and the craziness there. It's, it's such a good place. Um, I'm a boomer. I don't understand NFTs. You're paying for a virtual meme because it's unique, but the visual part of it can be copied. That's, that's exactly it. I can take a JPEG picture of a 3d Cape in Assassin's Creed An NFT though is not going to be copied. One of the things that you'll see a lot of people who try to doom and gloom NFTs is that they're completely wrong about how they describe NFTs and they're completely shallow in their worry. Their worry will be, oh, well, I can make a JPEG of anything on my screen. So therefore NFTs won't be worth anything. And I can just tell people this and everybody will understand it. And NFTs will not be a thing. Completely wrong. Here's where an NFT is going to happen. I go and I decide to buy the new Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed Annihilation. I jump in 
And when I get this, I get word, and I showed you guys this uh, JPEG. If you watch my NFT video, by the way, I did a 30-minute video on this, so you should go watch it. I discuss that the cloak will be rare, or the cloak will be a specific NFT item, and they will tell you that. It's a one-of-a-kind NFT item. One-of-a-kind in what way? Well, perhaps they randomize color and maybe a skill or two that you get from a panel of 15 skills. Let's say that's all it is. So now you've got this NFT that is technically pretty rare and pretty just on you. What happens from that point is that maybe you can, you know, build on that NFT. Maybe you can level up that NFT. Maybe you can do all these kind of crazy things. What they're trying to do is sell you the usefulness of extended versions, which has not been sold very well. In the past, extended versions usually were the statues. Well, guess what? Statue costs a ton of money. Guess what doesn't? A little bit of programming on the side. And I can guarantee you NFTs will replace or at the very least push aside statues. It absolutely will happen. Statues have always been a complaint from gamers who see these prices and go, seriously, you get a statue, that's great, but it's 180 bucks. You don't get a game inside, right? The complaint we always see. NFTs allow for a company to pretend that they're doing for you what you should have already been doing for yourself, which is verifying what your purchases actually mean and what they're worth. What's going on with NFTs is these companies are going to tell you, by the way, you can bookmark this because I 100%, 100% can guarantee you, you will hear this. You are going to hear this brings value to the game for the gamer. One of the ways they're going to try to sell this to you is that the NFT replaces a customizable or a microtransaction that technically can't pass through and be sold to somebody or vice versa, which by the way, is absolutely wrong. It's already being done prior to NFTs. NFTs just, you know, they're, it's just the current technology these companies want to use. That's one thing that you will absolutely see this year. It's for sure going to happen. Additionally, they're going to try to tell you that your NFT means something. Okay, if I have a really nice car, but I'm on an island and nobody else is there, who am I selling the fucking car to? Nobody. One of the things that the companies are going to try to tell you and they're going to try to lie to you is they're going to try to pretend that every single NFT is worth something that's completely wrong. An NFT is only worth something if you end up having somebody to sell it to. The biggest problem that's occurring with NFTs right now is these companies are going out of their way to replace microtransactions with NFTs. And it's a big deal. Additionally, you have the carbon footprint thing. You have your energy thing, which we have NFT. We have huge Bitcoin uh like people who have all their money in Bitcoin right now, we have Bitcoin traders in our Discord. Those guys will tell you as well that the carbon footprint is pretty touchy. It's it's not a good thing. You definitely don't want it. You, Ubisoft made it clear, hey, we have a small carbon footprint NFT. Here's the thing. That's another thing you're going to hear. Bitcoin is terrible for the carbon footprint. Our NFT is 100,000 times less. Guess what? 100,000 times less does not equal zero. And the biggest problem that you're going to see is people are going to be comparing Bitcoin's uh, carbon footprint, Bitcoin's use of energy against their own and try to pretend that their own is perfect because of that. That's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. It, w it won't be zero. It's impossible to do a calculation without energy being used. And if somebody says, oh, well, we can get solar panels. Yes, you can. Guess where the rare materials from solar panels come? Other countries, guess where those materials are now being used? You have all kinds of issues. You can't make anything out of nothing. It just doesn't work in the way we currently do things. So NFTs are NFTs are scary, guys. And I know this might bore some people. Some people might leave, but I don't care. One person could be watching. NFTs are something that you should watch out for. Do I believe that any can be done correctly? Yes, I do. I do believe that NFTs could do something correctly. Can they do something that no other system can do? No. What you're getting is you're getting sold sort of the bill of sales versus the actual item right now. Um, 
Did you hear, did I hear you say right that a big Feb game will be delayed? I had heard that, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But I had heard it from, we'll see. NFC, NFTs sound like a big, uh, next big money grab. They are. I'm going to have an NFT. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe we, me and like a onesie, like a Care Bear onesie. The thing is, guys, NFTs, the ideas of NFTs and all this kind of stuff, the reason why they're catching on so much is because, and I'm not going to behoove you this, people want to succeed. People want to do well. People want to make money. And these companies are telling you, hey, with our NFTs, not only can you play a game, but that item may be worth money. They're selling you the dream of an investment in the future. Here's the problem. You have to have a buyer. Bitcoin and coins, there's over 10,000 different coins. You have to be aware of what's going on as you purchase into these systems. I don't mind the idea of an encrypted thing that I could put somewhere and sell, those kind of things. There's definitely some stuff you can do there. But it's a dangerous place to go. And if you guys think mobile microtransactions are bad, you have no fucking clue how bad NFTs are. If the difference between NFTs and microtransactions is far larger than a premium game with no microtransactions versus one that has microtransactions, and you may think that's impossible, that comparison doesn't make sense. It's that bad because NFTs aren't just the item. NFTs are the entire system behind the item. It's not just a microtransaction, people. It's the entire way in which a game can be purchased. If people are mad about microtransactions because they're like, I didn't get my special cape, and that's because I didn't buy the enhanced adver version. What you're going to see now with these NFTs is something so far past that that w if unless you're like a turtle that will allow yourself to slowly cook, even though technically that's not a, a real myth, you will notice this and probably bulk at it in the next six to 12 months. Some of the things that you guys are going to be told will be mind-blowing. You won't believe it. I mean, and I, I like, I have a couple developers I'm friends with and the, the words that they use, I was just like, dude, if you were here right now, I would fucking kick you in the balls. Like, what are you doing? And the idea is everybody is going to do it and they're going to make so much money like a gold rush that if you don't do it, you will be bankrupt with your morals. And some people have kids, man. Some people have a wife, some people have a mortgage. And the idea of losing out on this gold rush, which is absolutely what an NFT is. Don't let anybody tell you NFTs are not a gold rush. They're for sure a gold rush. One of the things about a gold rush is, especially at starting, anybody can become a millionaire if you're lucky. And that's what they're selling you on. Anyway, that'll be it for that. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I just, I, 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 had, I had to explain it. I apologize. I know I go long on NFTs, but I just don't, I just don't think people get it. And nobody's talking about it. And, and the people who do, like I saw an, a thing from Kutaku, they had no clue what they were fucking talking. I mean, they were legitimately wrong in what they were talking about. And they were actually against it too. But again, I told you, hate with accuracy. Some of the stuff they said, I'm just like, what the fuck? What are they even talking about? That's not what's happening. It's, that's the thing, guys. We need proper, accurate reporting on NFTs. And most people don't want you to do that because there's so much money to be made. And I'll get shit on this. I guarantee you come back to this video in a week or two. You're going to see people bitching about it who run UF. Because uh, I went after the YouTube channels that are pretending that NFTs are perfect. And they came after me and they were posting in the other YouTube video. They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, no, I absolutely do. Not only did I do it, but I then checked with three different people who are leading 
leading traders of Bitcoin and asked them if they were right. And they were like, yeah, they're all right. All this stuff is right. So you're going to get people who are trying to pretend that it's wrong because they're hoping to draw some criticism towards them trying to bend you over a desk and ream you. I mean, that's what's happening. Anyway, let's talk about games. Let's talk about something good. It's 12-16. Let's play a game. Should we play? Let's see. No, no, no. Let's not play a game. Let me ask you guys something. What's your favorite genre of game? So you got racing. You got action. You got uh, first-person shooting, which is action, but you got third-person action adventure. See, that's the problem with, with genres, right? I was running into this when I was reviewing uh, the, or when I was doing the the year-end videos because I was like, fuck, man, where do you put this? And somebody got on me for saying that Hitman 3 was an adventure game. And I'm like, first of all, they say it's an adventure game. I'm not going to argue with the devs. They're calling it something. That's right. But also the stuff that went on, it felt that way. Um, I finally got to see you live. Thank you very much, Ghostman. I appreciate it. You rock. Shadow Warrior. Action adventure, fighting, RPG, tactical RPG, point and click. I'm just reading some of what people think. Um, stealth. Oh, people and dragons. What's up, man? It's been a long time. No talk. Sorry if you've DM'd me. I know you've DM'd me in the past. I hope I got back to each one of them. If I didn't, I apologize. Uh, he says simulation. Good guy. If you guys get a chance, check out his stuff. I don't even know what he's doing right now. He was doing a, a amazing audiobook D&D game that was online. It was very cool. Can't decide between racing and FPS, story-driven adventure, action, RPG, turn-based RPGs, 3D platformers. I'm trying to think. Well, I guess you got Psychonauts, right? And Ratchet and Clank, you could call that a platformer. There was that other one, Ukulele. Man, that game sucked. Uh, gotta be MMORPG, turn-based strategy, RTS, Sandbox. What's up, team boys? Happy New Year to you as well. I went through a transition, platformers, racers, to fighters, now to FPS. Man, I got, dude, I know that feeling. I know that feel, man. You get this idea of like, this is what I want to do. These are the games I want to play. And then all of a sudden, as time goes on, you just slowly move to another one. I'm a, I'm a fan of pretty much any game genre, but there's some that crop up. And I think I'm still a big fan of first-person shooters. I just, I, I do like shooting in games. Somebody in the head. It's funny. It's inherently enjoyable. D-O-double-G. Always listen to your reviews before I buy any game. Thank you very much. We need more sandbox games. Uh, has anybody played Humankind? Was it Humankind? What's the one that came out recently that was the RTS? Lucitin played it in our Discord and seemed to like it so far. But it's like a Alpha Centauri Civilization. I believe it's fantasy. Not fantasy. It's, it's historical. So it's a little bit more like simulation. I don't remember the name. But I wanted to check it. I like Mankind. Thank you, Wire. You rock. Um, for me, my favorite, yeah, my favorite genre would be first-person shooter. I think the thing about first-person shooters is if their graphics are right, if they're whatever, there's something about being in that world and it's a mixture of, especially if they do a good story, but just this mixture of being there inside of somebody's head and all this other stuff that works so well. It just, it nails it. If you guys don't understand the different, let me explain to you guys. Uh, I did a video on this, but I want to explain to you guys something that I recently found out was shocking. So you guys know that when it comes to Dragon Age, the last one, Inquisition, I wasn't in love with. Inquisition had a ton of content. By the way, Hinterland should be removed from that game. But anyway, it's got a ton of content, right? Hint the game is just massive. It's got a ton of stuff, and it's not technically bad. However, I bounced off of it a couple times. Listen to this. This is crazy. I found a mod that adjusts the camera. And I was like, huh, 
I, I'm going to play Inquisition. I'm going to play it with this mod. Now, this mod was called like the Skyrim camera. You can, you guys can find this in the uh, Nexus mods, I believe. And it was just a camera mod. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this in. I'm going to start playing Dragon Age Inquisition. I got a weekend. I just want to see. The amount of enjoyment, more enjoyment that I got out of that game with that camera to me was such proof that sometimes it's just the distance to the characters or away from them and their interactions with the story. Everything in everything in Dragon Age Inquisition felt more keen, more connected. Uh, it was integrated more when I was closer to that character. And it was so stunning because the game didn't change. I'm not saying the game, nothing about the game changed except the mod changes that camera. And I've tried to tell people multiple times. I'm like, listen, guys, third-person shooter, first-person shooter, they are different. They do feel different. You even play different. By the way, third-person shooting, if you talk to any developer, and we had uh, the guys, uh, we had Mike on here who did uh, a couple Kickstarters. He ran Sony uh, video games for a while for Sony. And one of the things that he was doing, then he went on to work at uh, Daybreak. But one of the things he had talked about on our channel was that a third-person shooting game, you even have to control people cheating, right? Third-person action, you can look around a corner, the AI can't. It was a difference, man. I got to tell you, it was it was so different. It felt so good. It didn't change it from a third-person view. It just zoomed it in more. And it made Inquisition a much more visceral game because everything felt closer and the action was closer. So if you ever decide you want to revisit Dragon Age Inquisition, I would highly suggest that you look for the camera mod and see if that doesn't improve your experience. Um, cameras matter and good cameras matter even more. And it was very cool to see that. I was super excited to see uh, such a difference in how I enjoyed that game. Let's see. Uh, Inquisition is amazing, but I never finished it. Might try it on PC. Inquisition is huge. Julian Watkins says, that's why I like games like Fallout 3. You can get first-person gameplay, but the third-person exploration. You can, even though that it's pretty janky. I, I would say the care, the uh, the Fallout games are pretty janky. Razmandez says, Happy New Year, Carrick. Love your content. Thank you very much. Are you going to get a Steam Deck? Yes, I have one. I heard the Ascent has an FPS mod. So you heard, Brandon, come on, man. If you guys get a chance, check out my walk in the walk because my walk in the walk for the Ascent is 80% in the first person mode. You should go check it out. The Ascent has stuff going on behind the scenes that is well worth checking out my video. Even if you hate my voice, like all my family does, just fucking hit the mute button and watch my walk in the walk video. And I guarantee you, you will be impressed by what's going on in the ascent the peoples and dragons 20 dollars super chat what's up man carrick your selfless champion to the consumer and smaller creators salute quick question what's your thoughts on the lack of the sims competitors dude i feel like i don't know if you saw this i man it feels like maybe you saw some of the co uh, comments we just talked about this last week we were talking about the sims does not have a competitor at all and it to me feels like everybody's waiting for that the Sims, whether you like The Sims or not, guys, The Sims is highly popular. And in fact, one of my favorite games. I just love sitting back and doing crazy stuff, locking people in rooms. If you guys get a chance, throw your people in a swimming pool, remove the swimming pool ladders and just watch them drown. It's amazing. I love to be homicidal in that game. But there's no direct competitors. And you're absolutely right. I feel that The Sims, if done correctly, I don't know what you call it. 
you could have a multi-billion dollar like industry on your hands because the Sims already sort of feels like it's going towards like microtransactions, NFTs, all this other stuff. But the idea of a true Sims game and seeing what somebody could do if they took the animations from a better game and they put it in there. Guys, I know people think I'm dumb for liking The Sims. The Sims is one of those games. You guys ever had that book you like to reread, uh, music you like to listen to? There's a state that you go into where it's it's enjoyment, but expectation is not requiring you to consistently focus and make sense. Meaning you love it, you know it. There might be a little surprise in there, but overall it's that re-experience that feels good. It feels sort of like a warm, like a little bit of like a hug. You're like, this is great. The Sims feels that way for me. I can put the Sims on. I can do crazy stuff. I love to put a bunch of Sims in a room, lock the doors, board up the walls, watch those fuckers go nuts. I do the weirdest shit, but you can do that. You can try your hardest to make a character live their life and do their things. There's the Sims Medieval, which was a game about 10 years ago, which was a full Sims game in D&D kinds of worlds, that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, man, it it does need a competitor. And we talked about this. It's so weird you mentioned it because we were just like, where is the competitor? Is it that hard to do that we're not, you know, sort of like realizing that it's impossible to program because The Sims makes bank, people. The Sims makes bank. And the idea of another company not getting in on that is really surprising when other companies get in on everything. Oh, somebody mentioned the herbs. The herbs, so good. So good. You guys can tell when I enjoy a game, right? It's probably not too hard because you start seeing me just like freaking out. Um, I want to talk a little bit about VR just real quick. I'm not going to bore you guys. but So I have, I have every single VR headset that exists because I review them. I've reviewed the reverb, I've reviewed others, and we got a quest, again, quest two. This will be the second time I've had a quest two. And I, I despise the Facebook setup, but I got to tell you guys, one of the nice things about the quest and what we will see in the future is something that I want to make sure that everybody, I want to paint a picture because this is exciting to me. And I talked about it last week with Reg and Silver and Johnny. I think Silver was there. We were all there, yeah. One of the things that the Quest 2 does perfectly is it allows for you to not only use a keyboard, if you want, you can shoot a keyboard and you can type in your stuff. It allows for you to also use voice and to do entries. This is something my, I um I do have the Arrow VR headset, yeah. Uh, so I was talking about it on my Fire Stick. It also allows for voice. So you can click a button, you can say, watch Travelers, and it will just go to that TV show. I got to tell you, in VR, one of the biggest problems is keyboards. It just is. You'll see it all the time. Somebody's like, oh, I want to sign into my Netflix account to watch, a, you know, a TV show. And oh, fuck, man, I got to push. I got to shoot stuff or I got to, you know, take my headset up. By the way, I was living in the days when you did the headset flip up and you're like, tap, 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 headset flip down. Now you can just use your voice for so many stuff. Fire Stick does it amazing. I went to a, a Netflix. I was like, oh, I need to sign in. It's like, what's your password? You say it, types it in. It's crazy, guys. They, they're they so far ahead in some of their accessibility that what I'm excited for is moving on and seeing what people can do. Um, Venyan says, is HP Reverb's G2 controller tracking bad as people say it is? Literally never heard people say it's bad. I mean, it's WMR tracking, but if you have your... I've never had issues with it. I have all the systems and I mean, yeah, I don't know. 
like that's never been an issue. I separate on any WMR system. I buy a 10 foot USB uh, extender cable, and then I plug the Bluetooth adapter into that. And so that is away from the computer. My computer, most computers, by the way, have USB interference and it will actually fuck up a WMR. If you separate the dongle away from the computer, your tracking is 800 million times better. It's ridiculous. I mean, the difference between tracking and a WMR and all my discord does it. I think all my discord who got WMRs, that was the first thing they were all like, is this like snake oil and every single person in there is like the difference in tracking when you separate that Bluetooth dongle away from the computer is ridiculous. Um, and it's totally playable, but, uh, you know, tracking is never going to be perfect on any of them. Even the lighthouses, we're still looking at probably one or two, one generation before that gets good. Uh, let's see. Somebody's talking about voice attack. Yes. Voice attack used in VR is incredible. What incredible. Uh, do you guys think it's worth getting a VR headset at the moment or better waiting for better sets? Uh, Chris, if you want to get it now and you have the money, get it now. If you don't wait, that's all up to you. I will say this. There's always something new coming out, but there is not always the time to return to an older game that is currently very good. And that is, man, I mean, there are some really good games in VR right now. I saw a guy reviewing Super HD BE headset and experienced Phantom Touch. What? I saw a guy reviewing Super HD B headset and experiencing fan. I'm sorry, man. I don't know what that means. I, I apologize. Sorry about that. I don't, I don't. Super HD. Yeah. Sorry. Blood and Truth looks good. Dude, Contractors is good. Pavlov, uh, you know, so much. Skyrim VR, Fallout 4 VR are incredible and they work really well. So yeah, it's cool. I think people don't realize that uh, VR isn't the future at all. It is just its own thing, and it's getting good. Got any recommendations for current VR games? Yeah, I mean, Contractors, Fallout. Um, there's a RTS that's in space, and I cannot remember the name of it. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. There is... I thought Trickster's VR was pretty, co was pretty good. It was pretty enjoyable. Of course... I mean, Elite is awesome. There's a couple space games that are very good. So uh, I have the $3,000 Varjo headset. Uh, the $50,000 one is commercial. It's not for your normal buyer. <clears throat> Did you have any issues with your Oculus Rift CV1? That was years ago, man. No, I don't, I don't even remember. That's, and it was my least favorite headset. Really, really uncomfortable. Uh, what's the best VR aside from Quest? Um, I would say reverb because of its reverb, because you can work around some of the other issues. Reverb's, uh, resolution is just stunning. It's ridiculous. And the jump in resolution from a quest, even running off, you know, uh, PC, uh, air link, the reverb is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like that, when I put that on, I remember being like, oh, that's my issue with, re my issue with VR isn't because of games or whatever. It's actually been issues with readability and it's so fucking clear. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Have you tried After the Fall? I have. I own it. I own After the Fall. Half-Life Alex, amazing game. What Lies Beneath, Battlestar Galactica. See, all these are good games. The thing about VR is it snuck up, guys. It truly has. If you're a VR fan, Now's a good time because there are a shit ton of good games. And there's the best one. Odor Watt just said Walking Dead. Walking Dead is probably the first 
real VR game. So Alex, Half-Life Alex is awesome, right? It's a shooter. It's great, but it's based on the Half-Life IP. Uh, it's very specific to some things, and it's mostly just shooting. Saints and Sinners, which you guys should see, I have four different videos on Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. It is a blast. It's got crafting. It's got building of bases now. It's got whole new unique location you can go to in the DLC. It's got tons of sneaking. It's got actual NPC characters giving you quests along the ground. If you, I'm telling you, man, when I reviewed that, I was impressed. And then it's just got more impressive to the point to where I'm like, damn, Walking Dead is like the premier VR title. It might be like, in fact, unless somebody hates Walking Dead because of, you know, uh, it is so overt and so, so many places Walking Dead exists. I'd probably tell them to check that out. Asgard's Wrath is another one. It is Asgard's Wrath unfortunately is one of those games where it felt a little flicky because you can't, there's no collision detection and it didn't work as much uh, more time in Skyrim. So if you guys understand fallout Four VR, I have over 1300 hours in fallout Four VR. I'll just admit it. I'm going to admit it. Hello. My name is Carrick. Hi Carrick. I have over 1400 hours in fallout Four VR. It's that good. It changes Fallout 4 from whatever game it was to an exploratory experience that is very difficult to explain. Um, is Amazon going to make games for consoles? Yes. I'm assuming you mean their new world, folks. Peace out. Have a good one, Kino. Thank you very much for checking out the channel during the podcast. I really appreciate all you guys showing up because sometimes podcasts are good for me because I just want to talk and you know it's 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 good to sort of bounce things off of people what's the best headset in your opinion uh for price I mean the quest is a good deal but you got it you know right now until they sort of allow it you got to connect to Facebook and it was a disaster this Christmas we got eight uh quest twos all of them were returned and people got WMR systems because they could not get Facebook to work. Facebook took the days off for their staff. So there was no tech assistance either. And people were stuck in infinite loop sign-ins, all this kind of stuff. And not a single quest remained And anybody. They ended up every single person returned the quest. And from what I understand, Best Buy had stated that, uh, and we have people in our discord from Best Buy, so I'll have to ask them, but had stated the biggest return is the quest Two by a, a, a dramatic amount. People are just returning it because if the Facebook system fails and all these pat, you have to have this password, you got to go here and you got to make this account. If that fails or somebody isn't really into that and it sucks, the reverb takes about four minutes to start. You literally plug in one cable and plug another one in and you launch it and that's it. And I think that's the big deal that people are running into with quests. I do like how cheap it is, though. How how do you play Fallout 4 in VR? I'm assuming it must be on PC. Yes, it is on PC. Thanks for asking. I apologize. I should have made that clear. Um, Phil says Fallout 4 is my favorite VR game of all time, and I have well over 100 games. Yeah. Jeff Riaz says Lord Cognito is working on detaching Facebook. I know you should have seen it when, so we were talking and he's like, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And then he announced that he was uh, becoming like the, somebody working at Oculus. And the first post I gave him was like, you know, I love you, man, but now I hate you because I hate the quest so much, <laughs> but you know, it's getting better. ACG best game reviews ever. Cheers from Uruguay. Thank you very much, man. SRD. What is that? Senior D. Uh, Vibe Point Infinity is the Game Pass of VR and is a great value. 
I was I I don't think I even belonged to that, man. I, honestly, I think I probably looked and had a lot of those games and so maybe didn't get them. But What's great about the Quest as well is they have a very nice uh pixel uh you know per per inch. It's pretty dense. And I was watching some movies yesterday and some cartoons and screen uh, screen door is just gone. Just like Reverb. Reverb has no screen door at all. It's just completely crisp. It's pretty close to a 4K. The Quest is more like a 1080p, but you can't see the pixels. And it's just, it, it's just really cool. It like, it feels right. It, it feels like the way it should be. Uh, what kind of people spend highly on retro game collections? The rich, the poor, the balding? I don't know. I don't know. Mike Zoomer, which YouTubers do you follow? Uh, people in here will for sure know who he is, and I apologize. I don't know his first name or his, his full name, but it's Isaac something, and he's a space-slash-science YouTuber. Uh, he's got a fairly thick speech impediment, and which he warns you about, so I'm not you know, speaking out my ass here. He mentioned that, and the reason why I mentioned it to you is because you may jump into a video and maybe scroll to the middle and not realize what's going on, but he's got a fairly thick speech impediment and his videos are some of the best videos I've ever seen. Like the best videos on space I've ever seen. They, they go right up there with any of the big space Isaac Arthur. Thank you game. Uh, great ape. So Isaac Arthur, you should definitely check him out. Amazing YouTuber. Uh, just, I mean, really intelligent and really thought-provoking ways in which he says stuff. And yes, it's on a script, which I'm not 100% for, where sometimes it feels like you're just like, hello, my name is Bob, but it still works. It works very well. And then another guy, he's a comedic YouTuber, O'Shea. Is that his name? O'Shea? I'm telling you this, Jake O'Shea, is that his name? This guy's the funniest dude um, let me find, let me see if he shows up in this. Damn it. See some, see the way we all use our YouTube, it doesn't always give you the right, um, the right, you know, connections for you to see what you've been watching. It'll pretend like it is. Oh man, I can't find it. Oh, anybody who's uh, here from the discord will know who I'm probably talking about. He has a shorts. He does mostly shorts. And I am telling you, man, it is the it is so funny that I have like multiple times truly done that thing where you spit up a little bit and you, cause you're laughing so hard. You're like not expecting it. And he's got, um, he's got, what's, what's her name? He's got this really, uh, they're, they're both, you know, good looking, but he's got this really attractive, uh, in real life, his girlfriend. And she plays off of that in ways that you're, it's so funny. Um, Ryan O'Shea, is that who it is? Ryan doesn't seem like the right name, but let me check. But I'm telling you guys, well, once I do find it, I apologize. You guys asked a random question. I didn't have the answer ready. How dare I? But, uh, that doesn't look like who I'm talking about. No, no, no. Come on, man. I hate this shit. This is YouTube guys. This is why YouTube doesn't work very well for getting people to watch your videos. I've watched this guy's videos in the last five days, like 1,000 times, 1,000% more than anybody else. He's not on my recommended anywhere. Both his shorts and his normals, because he's he's got a couple normal ones too. There we go, found it, Jack O'Shea. So listen, guys, this guy, he did he, the first video they did was the plumber where he pretends to be an idiot 
um, and a hot chick is trying to hit on him like a porn video. And I'm telling you, dude, check that out. That it, it's amazing. He's so funny, man. He's so, and his way of delivering and stuttering and pretending to not get like, she'll come on to him and she'll be like, you know, and she's dirty. Like there's some times where you're just like, damn, I can't believe she said that. But he pretends like he doesn't get it, even though it's right in his face and is so well done. He's got this dumb look on his face the entire fucking time. And I, I just, I am in awe of people who can deliver comedy, um, in that way, because I would say normally when comedy shows up, I don't get too interested in it because it doesn't usually surprise me. Like somebody can be dirty. I'm like, dude, I'm far dirtier than the people talking in this video. It doesn't really work for me. He's pretty much like the way I joke, but 20,000 times funnier, 20,000 million times funnier. Like I could watch him for hours. Strife, $20 super chat. Hey, ACG, happy new year. Hope you're doing well. Do you think 2022 will be a strong comeback for a ton of AAA games? Your fan from Saudi Arabia. Thank you, Saudi Arabia. Yes, I do. I think, I mean, I think, I think 2022 is going to have some solid AAA games. Solid enough that, how about this? I'll I'll put this, timestamp this if you want. I think a lot of reviewers are going to have a hard time saying good stuff about AAA games. I think that there's some games coming out that they show that AAA helps in the amount of money you have and some of the systems that you can put together, the polish. There will probably be times where you see some people hedging their bets and being like, here's my reason for not liking this game. And it'll be a AAA game that's got a super high score, but they'll be like, why am I different? You know, we see it, but I I definitely can see that happening. Uh, Let's see. The music is also perfectly comedically timed as well. Oh, for his videos? Yes. Yes. Green Thumbs, ACG, do you have a favorite game ever? Yeah, sure. I mean, like KOTOR, you know, I've been pretty open about KOTOR being one of my favorite, you know, be- whoops, dogs are barking. One of my favorite games ever. It, it is. It's really high on my uh, list. Of- hey, don't bark. I'm really high on my list of games. I'm a huge fan. Hang on. Oh. Oh, my God. Did you really try to go out? I'll be right back. Let me help this idiot. Come on, buddy. No, just go through that. There you go. The big gaping hole. Yeah. Just walk through that. Anyway. Outer Worlds 2. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm a big space fan. So I, I, I will say one thing. One of the best things is, and this is going to sound so ridiculously negative, but one of the reasons why I like that we're not hearing a ton about Starfield is because I'm so fucking tired of hearing about Starfield, man. I'm so fucking tired of hearing about Starfield. There is no game in the world I do not ever want to hear about more than Starfield. And it doesn't even mean I dislike the idea. I actually do like the idea of Starfield. But God bless Bethesda fans. I mean, dude, a Bethesda fan can talk about a Bethesda game longer than most college professors can talk about their actual major research for whatever it was that they went to college for. It's I mean, I've sat in on podcasts, I've talked to people, and I'm just like, dude, I am so bored right now, out of my gourd, and I actually like Skyrim, I love Morrowind, I mean, Daggerfall is probably top three games of all time, but a Morrowind fan, or a Daggerfall fan, or God fucking, if you ever hit an Oblivion or Morrowind fan, and they have that chip on their shoulder, 
They got that deep embedded chip on their shoulder, man. That's just, it's, it's always caught. It's always talking to them. It's always telling them people don't like my game as much as they like the other Bethesda games. So I want to go even more into the lore. And they're like, did you know that 25,000 years in the past, this planet had a core of fucking, you know, molten clowns and those clowns would occasionally leak out. You're just like, no, shut up, please. Don't talk about this anymore. I just can't stand that in particular. There's too much. It's, it's, I'm sorry, man. God bless them. I mean, you're good fans. You're good fans, but fuck, I never want to hear about that game again. Juicehead. Oh, Juicehead. Actually, I've talked to Juicehead. I think it's Juicehead I've talked to. Yeah. And uh, Camel. And uh, Camel, I love. I love. I like that dude's a really nice guy. They all are nice. But um, yeah, I love them. But man, come on. You can't do it. You can't do it. It's got to move on. Got to move on. It's just insane. I've seen them sit there and they'll be, I mean, they're talking about like why this sword was this color versus another color. And I'm like, it's because they fucking randomly chose that color. It doesn't mean anything to give you guys an idea. To give you guys an idea of just how crazy this is. I got to talk to a developer from a very particularly huge game that has a lot of analysis videos, critique videos, pinky up 10 hour video. Now, first of all, if you have a 10 hour video on a video game and it's a critique or whatever, that video is about you, not the game. Sorry. It's about you. And at some point you are going to break down and start talking about you versus the game. It happens in every single one I've ever seen ever where it's too difficult to break down that particular thing. By the way, there's a reason why, because other than like Vikings and stuff like that, where you have a historical presence that was real and you have a you know some college professor who knows all this kind of stuff where it's impacting other parts you just don't really have that in a game there's just not as much of that in a game to talk about but i i love i love the idea that these people like these games so much i think it's awesome awesome and i love them but i gotta admit man when they when they when they weren't talking about it as much i was just so happy and i was talking to a developer and i was like so what do you think about the analysis videos? And <laughs> this is one of the best moments of my life. I said, what do you think about the analysis videos that come out for your games? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, most of them are completely wrong. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, I mean, 90% of them, 90% of what they say is just them making stuff up. They, they see a green gemstone here. The moon has a slight green tinge to it. And they'll say, well, technically, the reason why there's a green tinge here and the reason why there's green gemstones there is because they both came around in January or whatever. And you're like, what? Like, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. In fact, the developers multiple times will be like, dude, do you know why there's a green tint on the moon? Because we decided there'd be a green tint on the moon. That was it. That was it. That was all. There was no big, long diatribe for it. And almost all of the big analysis videos sitting in there and having him just go through, because we sat, we, we talked for... About four hours one day and about six or seven the next. And having him just walk me through videos and be like, this is not right. This We have no clue what this person's even talking about. The reason, though, why you'll never hear that from a developer is because a developer is like a good book author. The fan is into it. And therefore, there's no reason to tell them they're wrong. If they crouch it in an analysis video or critique video, you might be able to. But for the most part, why do it? You have fans who like something. And I thought that was a great point. He was just like, listen, you know, I know I, I know that people don't agree with it all the time, but why go out there and just hammer on somebody, even if they're, you know, wrong? 
And I was like, well, that maybe what if they're bitching about your game and they're making, you know, thousands of dollars because they have like a four hour, let's say some kind of four hour video on your game. And he was like, it, we don't think about it that way. Like, he's like, it just doesn't matter. It's not money that we would have made any other way unless we did it behind the scenes. So I thought that was pretty fair, but it was, it was awesome to hear him just be like, nah, they're wrong. They're almost all wrong. And I was just like, really? And he's like, yeah, man, you'll see them talking about lore or something like that. And they'll be like, actually, there's a hieroglyph over here. And that's for sure this. And it'd be like, what really happens is one YouTuber or writer will do a video on it and then everybody will take it as gospel. So it's funny stuff to read. Uh, let's see. The reason why there's a dragon motif on the tip of the armor because 10,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's exactly what it is, man. Uh, you guys got, I got to tell you though, Daggerfall, you were asking me what my favorite game is. Daggerfall's so fucking good. Guys, Daggerfall did stuff so ahead of its time. I just remember... I was playing consoles for so long and I was like, man, so long I'm playing consoles. Like, you know, I liked them, but I, one of my friends had a PC and, you know, occasionally would tell me about a game and, you know, I was always doing the old, I think at the time it was eight bit master system, uh, TurboGrafx 16 later for the 16 bit, all that stuff. And I went over to his house and he's like, I would, I liked to, I liked probably a fantasy star, I believe. And he's like, well, let me show you something. Let me show you this game called Daggerfall and you can see how far PC is. And guys, I mean, I kicked that. It was a one bedroom apartment. I'm pretty sure I was there for three days. That poor son of a bitch probably was like, what the fuck did I do? But I started playing Daggerfall. And I remember he, I was like, how big is the world? He's like, is this big? It's like, there's caves that you can go into. Yeah. It's first person. Yeah. You can like go into a store and then try to rest past the time the store owner would be awake and if they're gone you can steal stuff yeah but they might be able to hear you you can become a werewolf you can become a vampire it was ridiculous and i remember my brain that that was one of those times where your brain's on fire i always joke and say your brain's on fire but my brain was on fire like my brain was there were so many there, the chance and the possibility was out there in this game where my brain was just it just kept saying, what if, what if, what can I do? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I would return to that game multiple times and everything I tried worked. And that was one of those moments in games where I was just like, this is amazing. Because when you get a game where you try something and everything works that you try, even if it doesn't succeed, but it works, there's some, there's some utilization, I guess, of what you've tried to do and it can fit into the game. There's very few games like this. But when you get it, it's magical. It's it's magical. When you get a moment like that and you're like, everything I've tried has worked in this game. I can go left, I can do this, I can go right, I can do this. I think the Thief games did very well, except for the Thief 4, the you know, down-homey graffiti version, which absolutely sucked. I think the Thief games overall have done a pretty good job because they make you feel like while you're within the stealth arena, uh, there's various ways in which you can do things. You can try all these different things, and it's just awesome. Let's see. It just worked. Yeah, that is pretty much how it feels. It just worked. Anyway, I think that'll pretty much be it for me. Um, we're a little early to end, but I do want to say, uh, unless anybody has any questions, if you got any questions, feel free, post them, ask them. I'll try to get to them and then we'll go. Um, I just don't want to hold anybody up. You guys know me. If it, if it doesn't have to be this long, it won't be. I, I like to sort of get in and out like a good date. I'll throw the patron link in here as well. Um, but if you have any questions on stuff that we're covering, you know, you see any questions about NFTs, see any questions about reviews, 
you know, you can always feel free. If you're in the Discord, feel free to ask them. And if you're not in the Discord, you know, feel free to return when we do the next video. And you can certainly ask. Sometimes we'll say something like, hey, we had to go. But a lot of times, no. Where does the name Carrick come from? So listen to this. Carrick, I was not aware that some people in America have the name Carrick. In fact, I had never heard that. But Carrick is from Warhammer for me. Warhammer role-playing game. And it means one of the meanings in multiple... Uh, Dwarf dialects is eternal, basically. And one of my friends had joked because admittedly I am, I, I do hold my hatreds for a long period of time. It, it was a D&D joke, just like the original name. But he was like, dude, your hate is eternal. And one of the guys was looking through a Warhammer book and he was like, dude, that's so weird because Carrick, uh, which you see in some places, Kara is a Carrick. You'll see those names on mountains. Um, he was like, that means eternal, blah, blah, blah. And it just became sort of a, thing like Carrick hates everybody forever. He never lets up, which is pretty true. But uh, I thought it sounded good and it was used as a live Xbox name and stuck with me. Carrick, have you played SnowRunner's DLC? I have not, but I dig myself some SnowRunner. Um, Eric, sorry, man. I covered a bunch of NFTs earlier. I apologize. You'll probably need to check that out. I don't want to, um, I don't really hit that again, you know. What game are you hoping works when it releases multiplayer game and is not BF2? Zoyan says, what game are you hoping works when it releases multiplayer game and is not Battlefront 2042? Man, I don't follow a lot of... Uh, there's that Ashes game or Creation game. Somebody was posting that. I'm going to check it out. I'm not, a huge, uh, I'm not a huge MMO fan or current ones. Alcaric is a fortress in the Holy Land. That is also true. Yep, I found that out later. You know how it is, though. They always, uh, you know, D&D games, a lot of times we'll just crib those words and those meanings and put them in and stuff. And that's that's how it happened. Uh, Steam Deck thoughts, not giving any right now. What's your opinion on Vorpix? I think it's great if you know what you're getting into. Vorpix does some awesome stuff and some stuff that is not so awesome and how it works so that people understand what Vorpix is. It is, for the most part, allowing you to play pancake video games in your VR headset. Some of them allow for full head movement. Some do not. Uh, but it adds 3D at minimum, which a lot of people like. So, for example, you could play Divinity Original Sin works, and it's just 3D Divinity. And by the way, it does work. That game works. A lot of tabletop pathfinders, most of those games, you can actually get working in Vorpix with just a couple clicks. And uh, at minimum, get the VR. But the full V, or at minimum, get the 3D. The full VR effect is usually a little long. <clears throat> hey, Carrick, um, is After the Fall worth it? Probably, but I haven't done a review for it. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, After the Fall is pretty good. It's a little janky. There's some janky things to it, you know, for sure. Have you tried Outer Worlds DLC? It's a good question, man. I have not, but um, I definitely am. Hey, I, you know what, guys? I just want to say, serious, big, big thanks, man. I mean, with all of the stuff going on, you guys stuck around with us switching from Twitch. You know, the switch from Twitch was rough because I pay the guys to do the podcast and... I was getting that money from the subscriptions. And so it was like, okay, here's one more bill we got to add on. But guys, it just wasn't working on Twitch, man. It wasn't working because I, I, it just didn't share the, the fan base that YouTube does. YouTube, we, we have, we've had 600 people in here. That was way more than most of the Twitch ones would have. And it was people who were already fans, right? You guys were fans and you were like, okay, let's, you know, I don't want to jump to Twitch, which I get it, but jumping into YouTube might be easier. We sold a bunch of shirts, but, you know, people buy the merch, which I consider our merch probably some of the best merch. That's And that's not me bragging because, 
some of our stuff is the worst, but the merch is something I'm really proud of. I think it looks good. And we had a bunch of people buy that when we switched to YouTube and it's just been a positive overall, it's been a positive overall switch. It's, it's tougher when it comes to finances because you have to do super chats or whatever, but it's just so much better guys. It's so much better for all of us. It's, it's also the ability for you guys to jump in and for me to know that my streaming system doesn't have to switch between YouTube and Twitch. I don't have to do settings. It's just like, it's YouTube. That's where I'm going to be. You guys can follow it and, uh, and it works the best, but I do want to say big thanks to everybody. I hope you guys have an awesome, awesome holiday season. Probably going to be done here at the end of the day. Some of you guys are probably going to take tomorrow off. I'm assuming do a little drinky drink, but it's, I'm hoping 2022 is as awesome as it appears to be lots of good games. Um, I'm on Spotify. Yeah. And it's on video on Spotify. Now we're one of the few, not few, but there's not a ton of people who have their video on Spotify right now. And we do, so you can do the audio and the video. So basically we're the Joe Rogan version of the video game side. So, but anyway, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for subscribing. I see people tell other people about the channel. I really do appreciate it. Um, hopefully I can save you some money or find you a very cool game up, upcoming here in 2022. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go back in. I'll be in the Discord. If you guys get a chance to check it out, it's fantastic. If you don't, stay safe. Don't drink and drive on your New Year's fucking day or whatever. I've seen people do that. Fucking don't do that, guys. Be safe. Don't fucking put anybody in danger. Unless there's like a ring and some weapons that you can light on fire. Then put people in danger. Warp Speed, $5 Super Chat, here to be awesome. Thank you very much. Peace out, everybody. Have an awesome, awesome holiday. Unless I forget how to turn this fucking system off. And then you're going to be here with me. And we're just going to be talking back and forth. And you're going to be like, why is Karak here? I'm going to be like, I don't know. I can't turn the system off. And then at some point, I'll just stop trying to turn the system off. And you guys will be here. I'll be here. Still looking for the system button, by the way, to turn this off. And maybe we'll just fall asleep together. You know? Won't be sexual. Just sort of, you know, you lay down. I'll lay down. We'll talk. Maybe a little touching. Small amount of touching. Not a lot. Just a little bit. Still can't find the button. The button just disappeared. I can't hit the off button. So we're going to be here forever. Instead of unplugging the internet, we're just this is me and you being real. Where is the button? It's not there. Still not there. OB I think OBS is frozen. OBS is frozen or I've frozen. Spooning? Spooning's good. We can spoon. You ever been like reverse spooned? It's actually pretty cool. I call it the fork. It's fun. Not, not a bad time. Still can't, still can't leave. Yep, still here. Come on, baby. See, if I crash OBS, I wonder what's going to happen. I don't know. This is my real background, by the way, just so everybody knows. I've been playing it off because I don't want anybody to feel bad. This is my real background. All of those metal sheets that you see up on the wall, all of those are awards for the moon face. You get it once a year for just, you know, being cool and having a big fat head like I do. Why is the system not turning off? This is so fucking weird. Hmm, I guess we'll just sit here. Aha, there it is. It is, it is shown up. All right, peace out, everybody. Have